welcome to another episode of Trey Bond. Welcome, welcome. Ah, the podcast where three best buddies uh, rant and rave about the the best film franchise oh, uh, ever. I thought that was quite nice. No, buddies? Yeah. yeah. Buddies. We're, buddies? We're buddies. Where are we from North Dakota? <laughs> Nothing We're wrong mates. with people from North Dakota. This there might be North Dakotians listening. Dakotans? Dakotamans? Dakota, Dakotaites. Dakotaites. Well, if you are, I apologise. Mm. But um, and tell us Australia forever. Are. Australia forever. <laughs> Australia forever. Oh, and okay. in Australia, we say mate. All right? <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Three best mates. That's, yeah, that's bloody bonza. Uh, it's a very nationalistic uh, episode. Uh, and jingoistic. Oh, yeah, very much so. I'm Jake Spear, and join with me are my two best mates... mates. Uh, Double O Derby Deck Reporting for the job Oh (laughs) You bastard (laughs) And Major Brandon McClelland Reporting for duty Oh Oh, that's a bit similar to what I do I think it's better though I'm surprised it's taken Derby this long to actually (laughs) do Second last episode of the original Bite my lip every time (laughs) But today no more You wanted to have a go? And I had to give it my own little twist Yeah 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 Yeah, There's always room for improvement Absolutely. Mm. Well, let's go back Not to the... Not upon perfection, <laughs> All right. I must say. <laughs> let's hear from the OG himself. Mr. McClelland, what's our mission today? Our mission today is oh, 1981's For Your Eyes Only Academy Award nominated too. Oh. I seem to be slipping that in a bit more <laughs> yeah, lately. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, Little Birdie says this is one of your favourites. Little Birdie, I'd Little say Birdie says, yes, yeah. they do. Pretty Great big Aussie band, actually, Little Birdie. Uh, from the 2000s. Great band, great band. I had all now. two of their albums. <laughs> um, what was the question? This is one of your favourites. Yeah, it sure bloody is. Yeah, he loves this one. Yeah, I love it. Fans of the podcast would know. They would. Yeah, they would. If you've been, been listening, listening a lot closely, I've dropped little breadcrumbs throughout saying things such as, This is my favourite Roger Moore. <laughs> it like, doesn't it's very get me sub- better than this. Better than this. This is the, you know, this is the pinnacle. Yep. Uh, they should have stopped making Bond films after this because yeah. how could you top this? Whoa. Whoa. Very subtle stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. breadcrumbs. Yeah, yeah. You, know, yeah, you yeah. have to be a very keen, keen. listener. Mm, to well, if you'd listen to all 17 episodes of Trey Bond, yes. let's do some quick math. Bless yeah. your heart. That's a lot of listening time. Actually, 18. This is our 19th episode. Oh, wow. yeah. I was just doing the artwork this morning for... Oh, no, for, for another one. Yeah, very good. We'd like to thank a lot of those people that have been with us from the beginning. Yeah, we, listening to we didn't do the maths. What were the maths? Yeah, we quick do maths. maths. Yeah, go for it. Well, the 19 episodes. Yeah. yeah. Times, what, two and a half? Yeah. On rough? Yeah. On roughly? Yeah. Yep. What's that, Jake? What are you talking about? How many hours have How many hours been have listening? we done this for? What have you listened to us? Two and a half hours. Time, eight times 19. Times Why are you 19? asking me? I'm the worst. You've got the iPad in your You're hand. You're the fact check numbers. Oh. Go Rain Man on this. I, could, well, I don't even know where my calculator Look, I'll is. I'll get the calculator. No, he's, no, I've got it. Here. I'm just waiting for it to open because it's a really old there you iPad. Go. Oh, 47 and a half hours. Oh, nearly 50 hours. That's We're never getting that back. It'll a be... lot of people are never getting that back. <laughs> and we'd like to thank those people. Yeah. Uh, in particular, we'd like to thank... Oh, Darren Blythel. Or Blithel. Or Blithel. Or Blithel. We're not sure. Darren, let us know. I think it's Blithel because if it was Blythel, it would be a Y. But if it is Blythel, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I'd just like to say 
Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for loving us. Oh, look at those jazz hands. Hey, oh, you love me now, Mama? <laughs> Brandon's been hiding, concealing a beautiful singing voice for many years. And a and, Liza Minnelli tribute act. And, <laughs> and a Liza Minnelli tribute act. And I'm glad that Trey Bond is finally here for him. Yes, he's sitting here in a red sequins dress with uh-huh. eyeliner and a, a black bob wig. Mm-hmm. Um, bringing out his, his inner Liza. Thank you. <laughs> Just for you, Darren. <laughs> Just for you, Darren. <laughs> well, here's one for you. Oh. Previously on Night at the Roxbury the and the Bonds That Tie. Uh, no. No. Well, I thought I'd try it out. There was a recommendation okay, from... Okay, uh, it failed. So go back to that. All right, all right. Previously on <laughs> Night at the Roxbury and the Ties That Bind. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm not sure. The Bonds That Tie, actually. Hang yeah, on. Hang on. Yeah, no. now. See, we, here we go. The Bonds That Tie. The bonds that tie. It's ironic. The bonds that tie. The buys that tied. Oh, the buys that tied. No, the the boss that tied. Oh, all right. It's a work in progress. Previously, night descended on our heroes, and Sophia led Bond through the dense undergrowth of Roxbury's jungle island. After See? coming across, oh, we should get out of this jungle island. Yeah, we've we're, been we're, here for episodes. Get out of the jungle, James. <laughs> Come on. That was the, that was only the first episode of being in the jungle. Was it? It's too many. Well, yeah. Well, after they after they come across an unsealed road, the unlikely pair soon ducked for cover as an enemy jeep approached the th- with three disgruntled henchmen aboard. Mm. The henchmen were sift- swiftly dispatched by Sophia and Bond, but not before they learned of a large surface pipe at the foot of a waterfall. We now join them under the cover of darkness. The two beaming headlights of the armoured jeep blast a ring of harsh yellow light down the long and rugged dirt road. The low-reaching branches and endless potholes make this particular journey one of Bond's most uncomfortable. Light doesn't have a colour, it has a temperature. Ah, well, it's a warm temperature, a yellow temperature. Just for those that have to be super specific about it. It didn't help that the woman behind the wheel seemed to be racing against some unknown clock. What? Her foot hard to the floor with the engine screaming and the small wheels beneath them slipping and sliding through the deep boggy ruts in the road. Boggy. Boggy ruts. Boggy ruts. (laughs) Surely this isn't how I go, thought Bond. Uh We should have passed it by now, I'm sure of it, shouted Sophia over the howl of the straining four-cylinder engine. <clears throat> Again, I don't know. Yeah, a very deep would voice. It, yeah. Oh, yeah. What happened to Sophia's voice? Yeah. Well, I forgot about it halfway through, and then yeah. slowly lifted the picture. Her voice is more like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> like an old southern belle. <laughs> no, she's not. Yes. You're trying to pull a quick one on us and put her down into a more manageable register. We want yeah. to see you struggle. Oh God. Bleed for the listeners. <laughs> right. All right. Give us the Sophia right. we know and love. We should have passed it by now, I'm sure of it, shouted Sophia. I hope she doesn't die. (laughs) Over the howl of the straining four-cylinder engine. (sighs) Yes, I I still don't quite understand why we're going back towards Roxbury and his men, said Bond. Yeah, why? The jeep comes to an abrupt halt. Bond ever so slightly headbutting the low window screen frame in front of him and shoots a pointed look at Sophia. Mm. There it is, she says. <laughs> <laughs> this is an outrage. <laughs> Sophia immediately... You're not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> under duress. 
gun to my head, I swear. Sophia immediately dives out of her seat and trudges into the bushy opening now beside them. Bond sits back and takes in the scene. The milky glow of the moon trickles through the canopy to illuminate... Yes! (laughs) Milk trickling through a canopy? (laughs) Gross. To illuminate an idyllic waterfall toppling over huge granite formations into a lagoon flanked by ferns and flowers. A heavenly sight made all the more angelic by the elegant Sophia. Bond approaches the edge of the lagoon (laughs) and tests the water, the temperature of the water. (laughs) Sophia scans their surroundings. The soundtrack's coming in there. There's usually they're usually covered in moss from all the moisture, so they can be difficult to spot. Uh-oh. Sophia says absent-mindedly as she scans the undergrowth. Mm-hmm. I hope you're not talking about our dinner for this evening, said oh, Bond. Boomtish. Here, I found it. Come take a look. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia says, waving Bond over to a sheltered. Oh no! I just realised what's going to happen. Oh, with this voice. Oh, she waves Bond over to a sheltered patch of leafy succulents uh, on the ground amidst the native plants. <laughs> A large rusted metal grate protrudes from the earth. Its <laughs> circumference as wide as a large adult male. And as Bond lurches over and stares down through the padlocked grate, he sees nothing but darkness. Now let's get one thing straight. If you think I'm going down there with no more than the pea shooters we took off those three buffoons very and the much. mystery woman from the Black Lagoon, you've got another thing coming. Very, but, very rodgy. Yeah, very I, like, rodgy. I like that. Oh, yes, yes, mm. yes. I've followed you blindly long enough. I'm not going anywhere until I get some answers out of you. Oh, that's a Roger thing. Mm. I need some answers. Mm. I'm looking for some answers. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. If we are going to succeed in what I am about to propose, we must trust one another. My name is Sophia Somerville. I'm a microbiologist from Cambridge originally. <laughs> I was, yeah, yeah, she travels. Uh, accent's a little muddled. <laughs> I was one of the first people to establish the laboratory here alongside Roxbury, amongst other things, oh. said Sophia. What? Other things probed Bond. In the beginning, it was nice. Ro- <laughs> now I'm starting to sound like that bloody creeper from Family Guy. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Romantic even. Mm. Oh no! Being on a deserted island, sharing in my lover's great passion, we were really building something together, something that could change the world for the better. But after a time, you know what they say. Heavy lies the crown. His mistrust turned to paranoia. He became very violent. He was unrecognisable to me. I was a. It was around that time that my father confronted him. Do you think he would? This is like a Tennessee Williams speech, (laughs) isn't it? it? I feel like I'm very bland. I felt like a cat on a hot tin roof. Do you think you would have given her? So much dialogue in hindsight. If you know she was a, not at all a beautiful southern belle. Not at all. This would have been hacked to bits. My father was a leading geneticist from the University of Cambridge who joined us on the <laughs> island. Who travelled apparently. <laughs> he was instrumental in the huge leaps forward we were seeing, unlike anything I could have predicted. But his attempts at reason only infuriated Roxbury more. It was one night. 
just before our first round of trials that my father threatened to leave the project entirely, taking all his research with him. I pleaded with him to stay, to focus on the work and let me handle Redwood, but he was too proud, too protective. He confronted Redwood in his office, demanding a flight off the island and condemning his deluded behavior. <laughs> Redwood looked at my father for what seemed like an eternity, and then he looked at me. It was then I knew the man I loved no longer existed. He was empty, dead even, blinded by his ambition and maddened by this absurd pursuit of perfection. He ordered Bjorn to restrain my father there in the room in front of us all. I, I do not wish to speak of what happened that night any, any further. Needless to say, I may have seen my father die at the hands of that towering Scandinavian, <laughs> but it was by Roxbury's word. Nothing would give me greater pleasure than to see that man die after all the suffering he has brought me. Since my father's death, I have been nothing more than a slave to that man. The moment I saw you, I knew this was my chance to get off this godforsaken island, but not before I have my vengeance. So there you have it, Mr. Bond. Now do you trust me? This is a good day, Edna, there. <laughs> Hello, possums. <laughs> do you trust me, possums? I might trust you, but there's no guarantee we come out of this alive once we go into that pipe. There's no guarantee you get to re you. There's no guarantee you get to avenge your father's death, and there's no guarantee we stop Roxbury before he derails the course of human evolution, and all for a quick profit says Bond, with an air of defeatism. Oh, just an air, though. Just an air, though. <laughs> well, Mr. Bond, it seems to me we might as well enjoy our final night together, says Sophia, as she slowly removes her fitted black dress oh, dear. and slinks effortlessly into the shimmering waters of the lagoon. It's now the time. Skinny dip. It's <laughs> <laughs> now the time. Well, if you insist, replies Bond, sliding off his pants and unbuttoning his now filthy white linen shirt. Always up for it. Always Bond up for it. follows the naked Sophia into the water. She awaits for him in the shallows. <laughs> At the foot of the torrential fall. The water up to her ankle. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia slowly wraps her arms around Bond, her lips barely inches from his. <laughs> you should get that bruise checked, Mr. Bond, she says. And what bruise might that be? <laughs> the one on your cheek. She slaps Bond's bare right buttock. Oh, your uh. fat cheek. It's fact check! <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck? That's a fact check! Yes, it is! You wanted the Southern Bell voices, gentlemen. You gotta reap what you sow. Fact check! Yes, it's a fact check! <laughs> She's not dead, so he has to do that again next time. Oh man, I apologise for right. everybody listening. Sophia is gonna be dead next oh, episode. I need to take a drink after that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit too much. Oh God! Oh. Writing that, I thought it was some of my best work, <laughs> and that voice is completely I undermined. <laughs> <laughs> I must say, though, right. you have a tendency to do this. Mm. That story of a woman seeking vengeance for the death of her father yes. is exactly the plot 
of For Your Eyes Only. Stop it. Oh, what? You tend to do this where you kind of find these Bondian plots that are related to the movie that we're, that we're watching. about to watch. I will say, you know, yes, yes. In the in the filmed version of this yes. scene, yep. a lot of that dialogue ends up on the uh, cutting on the cutting floor. floor. Well, yeah. that's right. This is a radio play, so in the cinematic adaptation, this, it's probably more action. Than... <laughs> yeah, it's a ten minute film. It's, it's, ten, it's ten minute. <laughs> well, Jets, after all that, let me take you back. To one of Thunderball. the, the most on. beautiful Come films. On. Yes, on. It is. It's one of the most beautiful films. Yeah. Well, why did it take you so long to because say that? Because I was thinking of adjectives to appropriately describe. Trying to find the name of the film on your iPad. No. Which no. is? It's Thunder. It's Bunderthal. Bunderthal. Mm. Well, Brandon, you said in Bunderthal, uh, they stopped using decoding machines after World War Two. Oh yeah, it did yeah. coding machines are from the forties. Yeah. But didn't they just update the coding machines? Well, so let's get some context. They might have stopped using the ones from the 40s, but yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean that they would yeah. maybe, stop maybe. using them altogether. Bit of context. The Lector. Or yes, the, or the spector. spector. from the novels. Mm. He's our Bond expert. They changed it because Spectre. Ah. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It would yeah. be confusing. Yeah. They knew they were going to make that film in right. 2015. Mm. Well, so this Lector is a Lector. fictional cipher machine yeah. developed... Uh, and used by the Soviets uh, to protect commercial, diplomatic, and military communication. Now, in cryptography, a rotor machine... The study of crypts. Yes, crypts. <laughs> ...is an electromechanical stream cipher device used for encrypting and decrypting messages. Now, Softwareically, these... or...? No. Sometimes softwareically. Okay. Actually, yes, sometimes software. Ah, mm. you used uh, the word. I guess it's entered the modern parlance. <laughs> These rotor machines were the state of the art and, and, very, and for a very prominent period of cryptographic history, they were most commonly used and they were very widespread during the 1920s through to the 1970s. Ooh. These rotor machines continued to be used even through the computer age the KL7. Oh, yeah, I was just thinking about that. Yeah, mm. I thought you might. It was an eight rotor, rotoring machine. Uh, was widely used by the US and its allies from the 1950s through to the 80s. <coughs> and it was last used Holy shit. on June 30, 1983. The KL7 was. The KL7. There you wow. go. There you go. I would have put it somewhere around the late 80s. Right. right. The last u- known use of the KL7. Yes, yeah, of okay. course. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You have a KL7 in your study, don't you? Several. Right. K- I got KL1 through 20. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, it's got the whole catalogue. The whole, yeah, on DVD. Wow. Mm. Darby. Uh-oh. You asked, is Shrubland's Health Spa a real health spa? Yeah. Brandon said, no, 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 it's not. But the building is still there, and they have painted it some gauche purple colour. Mm. Always, always judging. Isn't yeah, it? Isn't it's it? Just always isn't judging. It? It. Well, you, have to, you have to fall on one side or the other. <laughs> <laughs> is it hot in here? <laughs> Shrubland Hall uh-huh. is an historic English country house with planned gardens in Suffolk, England, built in the 1770s. Yes, I could see that. During the 1960s, the 6th Baron de Sumeres mm. established a health clinic on the property. Shrubland 
Hall Health Clinic operated in the hall adjoining Shrubland Park Gardens until the 2nd of April 2006. So it was a real place. It was a real health Wait, clinic. That, that's, where, that's not where they shot it. No, it's not. No. Uh, yeah, it's not. In my face. So according to our friends at jamesbondlifestyle.com. Oh, yes. An excellent site. Yes. Great resource. Heavily used by Trey Bond. Uh, Cholford Park House in Buckinghamshire, the United Kingdom, doubles as Shrubland's health clinic in the movie Thunderball and it is Shelford Park House that is painted not a gauche purple but I would say a very gauche yellow yellow yes mm. yes yes. yes. so wait so it's Shrubland's not a real was place. a real place is that the place that Fleming and Whittingham and <clears throat> McClory are referencing yes wow uh, it, why not just use the real deal do be, it for real you well, do it for real yeah do be, it for real because I think well maybe not necessarily during this time but um since, particularly when it was sold in 2009, mm-hmm. it's actually gone into quite sort of disrepair and neglect, which is very unfortunate. Well, 11 years, that'll do it. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. There was a health spa running there from the 60s all the way through until 06. So wow. maybe there was some, I don't know, don't come round here, Mr. Bond, at the real Shrubland Hall. So we had to Ooh. make a fake Shrubland Hall. Well, I mean, you you know... That's a preconceived notion. It is a preconceived yeah. notion. Yeah. Mm. Libel. But there you Libel. go. So Libel I, think, I think you're both sort of correct in a sense. Uh, I would say Darby's... Well, Darby's more correct in asking the question. Yeah. yeah. And I was more incorrect for giving a, a half-truth. Yes. Or as we have established on the podcast, a uh, lie. A li- <laughs> <laughs> no, I, didn't, I don't think you were trying to deceive. No, I think... Well, I don't think I was trying to deceive, mm. but he did um, deceive. I did deceive. He did deceive. He did. Yeah, so. And he's deceived once more, perhaps. Uh, Let us find out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Brandon, you Libel. said that the female 00 agent that appears in the MI6 briefing is 003. Oh. Darby oh, said well, we 004. Had to guess. Yeah, if we I had to said guess. 004. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, yeah. you did. Now, Money I won, Penny this, said, I won this last time. Mm-hmm. Remember where we yeah, had to name? Fairbanks. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's one nothing. But who's counting? Me. <laughs> Money Penny says every double O man in Europe has been rushed in. There are nine seats assigned to the double O's in the conference room. Correct. Bond sits in the seventh seat. Double O from the left. Yes. Seven. So assuming that these seats are aligned from the left in chronological order, it is double O three that is a lady. Who said that? Well, you if never you did. You said that. You're right. Yeah. 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 The lady is 003. But you, you never actually see her on screen. No, he didn't say that. But Yes, you do in that no. in that wide no, shot. No. Well, if you're looking very closely. Yeah, yeah they don't do a close-up. No, you never see her but face. But there's, there's a shot that is, like, uh, angled so that uh, 009 takes up the majority of the... He's, like, closest to the lens. We're focusing on Bond. There's our visual reference there. There's the establishing yeah. and shot. And then there. there's a shot Now, if you look very close at this... That that's a lady. That's leg. all you get. That's all you get. That could be a man. We don't see her because from the even other in side. that shot oh, there. Yeah, no, we don't. We, there's there's Bondy boy. There's so you got double o six, double o five, and a little bit of four, and she's in that chair just off. Oh. But but you there, never see her. There is a behind the scenes shot. Yeah. That was taken 
Do you have it? No, I don't. Oh, for goodness sake. Well, always <laughs> half a job, Harry. Well, Why bring it up? What? Because I, I don't know. I thought I did, to be honest. You've got photos of your ceiling for Yeah, some I know. Yeah. Anyway, you can What's Google going it. on with your ceiling? You also, Why get that crack. Yeah, well, we've got rain damage check. at our house oh, at the moment, so gosh, I've got to yeah. talk to the landlord about that. But, folks, that's a separate issue. <laughs> 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 so, Brandon, you were correct. You Thank were you. correct. But now, let's move on to the gambling scene. Yeah. One of my favourite scenes. Yes. Brandon said that the characters say the word spectre five times in that scene. Big claim. This I think it's more on the four territory. Right, right. Mm. Mm. Well, spectre of defeat. You'd be, you'd be closer than Brandon. So it's three. It's three times yeah, they yeah, say yeah. spectre, and it's all from Bond. It's all from Bond. Oh. Bond says Spectre three oh, times. A little bit on the nose. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. a bit leading there. Not the they? finest moment. Take the foot off the accelerator, Jim. Um, Points off for that. Yeah. Brandon, well, I don't know about that. Shaken six. <laughs> God. <laughs> Brandon, you said that the Navy SEALs evacuate people via Skyhook all the time. Not all the time. Did I say all the time? You said all the time. Oh, fuck me. You <laughs> made it seem like it was a daily, like a daily thing. Like, yeah, get no, the Skyhook ready. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm talking out my ass there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Darby went on to say that I thought they'd be dead. The whiplash would be so horrible. Yeah. Getting up there. The Fulton Surface to Air Recovery System, or STARS, is a system used by the CIA, US Air Force, Who? or the United States Navy okay. for retrieving persons on the ground using aircraft. Checking out. <laughs> the first human pickup took place on the 12th of August, 1958. All right. And now, because of the geometry involved, the person being picked geometry. up... Geometry? Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess the I did ask for this. picked up, you did. You did, yeah. Mm. Experienced less of a shock than during a parachute opening. Oh. Parachute opening is more, more forceful. More of a shock. More mm. of a shock to the system. After the initial contact, which was described by one indiv- individual as similar but to less, less a, of a kick in the pants... Mm, less always. of a shock than your parachute not opening. What? <laughs> Well, yeah, that's a real shock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, the person actually rose vertically at a slow rate to about 100 feet and then began to streamline behind the aircraft. That's the scary part, I think. And the, the whole the, process... The not the elevator, not the escalator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole process took about six minutes before you got reeled in by electric winch and God. to the safety of the fuselage. At, at speed. At, at speed. About 125 yeah. kilometer, uh, miles sorry, per hour. Oh, that's a quick boy. 125 <laughs> That's pretty fast for the human body. And you've got to just Do they do it on. every day? Well, here you go. In September 1996... Long time ago. The Air Force Special Operations Command ceased maintaining the capability to deploy this system. Uh. So it's no longer done at all. <laughs> well... But does no one do it? <laughs> well, Nolan did it. Yeah. yeah. Christopher Nolan. So it's been done at least once since 96. Yeah. That's probably what you were thinking of when you said they do it all the time. Because I do watch... Because you'd seen watch, it in one I film. watch his film every day when I wake up. That's my alarm. The film starts. I watch it in its entirety. I'm like, oh, yeah, they do it every day. They do but it every day. It's just that's me that's experiencing that. No, no, no. It's my Blu-ray alarm player uh, made by <laughs> Sony Digital Electronics. Right. That's a lawsuit. <laughs> That's libel. <laughs> Little tidbit here. The uh, uh, Fulton system, so named after uh, Dr. Fulton. Uh, he yeah, first... where do you get stars from, from F? Excuse me? Surface to air recovery system. Oh, I thought it was the Fulton stuff so far. Right, right. No, so it would quite. be for stars. For stars. Yes. For stars. 
for stars. Now, this is from the CIA website, Uh-oh. and I quote, Fulton first used... You shouldn't be on there, Dave. Instru- yeah, you naughty hacker. <laughs> You've been hacking the How CIA. How did he get there? <laughs> Fulton first used instrumented dummies as he prepared for the first live pickup of his new system. Oh, it didn't kill the dummies, so he- it's sure to work on this. <laughs> he next used a pig. Oh, a live pig? A live pig. Oh, or, come on. As pigs have... <laughs> <laughs> As pigs apparently have very similar. I didn't know that I had that frequency oh, in me. We? We're shocked. That was on an in-breath too. That's not the sound a pig makes. It is when they're fucking thirty thousand feet in the air, being <laughs> pulled along towed by a jet miles. plane. <laughs> back, 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 back. <laughs> Lifted off the ground, the pig began to spin as it flew through the air. Oh, God. It arrived on board undamaged, (laughs) but very disorientated. Undamaged? Undamaged. That pig was never the same. (laughs) Here we go, here's the kicker. Once it recovered, it attacked the crew. Of course it did. Of course it did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus, got it. that he arrives in at Largo's place. Darby said it was a convertible, but with the top up. And I said it was a soft top, to which Darby replied, yes, that's a convertible. (laughs) (laughs) It is a 1975 Lincoln Continental convertible. Well done. (laughs) I could see that it was. (laughs) With my eyes. Brandon, you said that the producers were approached by the CIA or the Army or some US government agency oh, yeah, wanting to know how they created the miniature rebreather gadget. Yeah, that sounded like some dirty devil. <laughs> Excuse me. Nonsense. Well, all I could find is the urban legend. Yeah, That's all go. we can base it on. But Ken the Adams, urban... Ken Adams said it. The, the, the urban legend is... Well, I'd like to see your reference from Ken because I couldn't find a I'd comment. I'd like to see it. you do your job and find a reference. <laughs> this isn't my job. I have a life to lead. I can't sit here going through these podcast episodes every day. That's your thing. I have, I have a loved one. Thing. It was rumoured that a Royal Navy engineer, of all people, approached the producers after this movie's release to ask them how they designed the mini rebreather because apparently he had been working on something similar for the Navy. But he couldn't figure it out. And of course, as mentioned, he was devastated when they found out that it was all fake and that the actors were simply holding their breath. Mm. Ah, what a shame. Rats, so obvious. What is Money Penny's rank? Oh, I think I said something like Lieutenant. You did say something like Lieutenant, and you'd be right. Hey! Lieutenant RN and Lieutenant... Or for our North American non-Commonwealth uh, listeners, L- you'll be familiar with the term lieutenant. Lieutenant. That's right. They also apparently don't say fortnight. What do they say? They say to bi-weekly or every two weeks. That's different to a pronunciation. They don't have a word for fortnight. No, well, I remember saying, I wrote the word fortnight. This is off track, but I wrote you, the word you wanted to go here. in a live stream. And all the Americans had no idea what I was talking about. The game. They, they were like, yeah, they the know the game. The best-selling game, Fortnite. Yeah, but that's a fort night. It's a night of forts. So they don't see the, the uh, double entendre. Maybe not as well as we do. Right. Mm. Okay, North American listeners, what do you call a period 
of two weeks. Well, I mean, they know it now, so if they want to spite Don't me, try and just... claim that, All right. that they no. didn't know. All right, fuck right. me, fuck I wanna, me. I want to see if people have a word for it. Wow. He He's on fire. Uh, oh, he's on fire. Um, <laughs> what was the name of that kid's cartoon where the worm is flying in an hey, apple? Arthur, yeah. Arthur's Happy World. <laughs> I said Happy Town that's and then it. amended it to Busy Town. Mr. Fix It's Happy Place. That's right, that's right. The Busy World of Richard Scary oh, is an American, oh, Canadian, yes, and French kids' cartoon series which aired from 1994 to 1997. The set Scary World of. The, of Richard Bittman. The Busy. The Busy. The Busy World busy of, of Richard world Scary. Richard. Richard Scary. Set in the. Fi- Titious city, scary busy dick. Ah, oh, that's where you got busy town. The busy town. Busy town. I rewatched the opening title for it. Isn't on it beautiful? It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Oh, the music. That's so just. Oh. I don't make cartoons like that anymore. They do. You're just nostalgic. I just don't watch them. Have you seen what they've done to Bob the Builder? Oh, terrifying. What do you mean? Started Thomas the Tank Engine, Bob the Builder. They've all gone the way of the computer. Thomas, I... naughty. Naughty, yeah, naughty, yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, but look at the Bob the Builder; it's pretty upsetting. Mm. Is it? <laughs> They've even done a revamp of Is the busy world it? of Mister of Richard of Scary Richard too. Scary They've, They've updated that. Is Lofty still in Bob the Builder? Yes. Oh come on, Wendy too. Yeah. No, no, no. Bob and the gang oh, have so yeah. much fun. I think so. Oh, yeah, I think so. Is what you should have said. That's what what I, I should have said. Yeah. I didn't know where no. you were going with it. Oh, oh. It's been too long since we've been watching Bob yeah. the Builder. No. Brandon. Well. <laughs> Brandon, you said that the woman who dances with Bond in the Kiss Kiss Club... Yes, she's in Casino Royale at the one and o- uh, only Ocean Club oh. when he wins the Aston Martin. Oh, Did oh. I say that? Oh, well, yeah, you, yeah, said you said that. that she was in 2006's Casino Royale, mm. starring Daniel Craig as Secret Agent. Yeah, he's, he's, he, the, as is the woman that... Uh, this flips, is exactly what you bed. said last time. Uh, this is it, The woman who flips the bed and you only live twice at the very in the pre-title sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the one that presses the button and the, the bed folds into the wall and he gets shot? Because she's in Casino Royale. What as you well. actually said was the Asian woman at the poker table is in another Bond film as well, but you couldn't remember what it was. Oh. Wow, I was pretty drunk then. <laughs> so what you've done is that you've uh, remembered right. the other film. Right. I tend to do that early on when I haven't been, been drinking. drinking. Yes, mm. that's right. right. Of course. So Diane Hatford is credited as Girl in Kiss Kiss Club from oh, yes. Thunderball. And she's also credited as a card player in 2006's Casino Royale. Yes. And you're right, Brandon. Tsai Chin, Chinese actress, yeah. is credited as Madame Wu in Casino Royale. Yeah. At the actual At, game. Yeah, who yes. sits in between Felix and, and Bond. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I know all and this. she also appears in 1967's Yacht. You Only Live Twice. I know all of this. Well, there you go. I'd like to see you... Di- no, I wouldn't. Uh, oh, 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 challenge. Next <laughs> challenge for the last ep. The last episode. No, 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 no. That's what they you say, ladies and gentlemen. It's catchphrase. It's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's catchphrase. It's, it's, it's Peter Joe's catchphrase. It's fact cheek. Oh, and, uh, dear. We'll, that's not uh, staying. That's not staying. Fact cheek better not come back <laughs> next week. It better be fact check. <laughs> All right, the people have spoken. That's uh, shambolic. <laughs> you know what's not shambolic, though? What's that? My favourite bloody segment. It's preconceived notions, oh. ladies and gentlemen. What are your preconceived notions of this film for your eyes only, Mr. Jake? Spank. Brandon, (laughs) (laughs) you've talked it up. I'm willing to go there. I think it's going to be a banger. A banger. I am a little bit concerned. I think Roger might be a little bit old. Yeah. Might be a tad old, but there's been talk. There's been whispers that this is Roger's best. So I'm willing to go there. That's what I'm going into. 
this film with. Okay. So it's going to be his best. Be his best. Yeah. This is going to be his best. It's going to be a banger, but he might be a little bit old. Okay, Mister Deck, uh, do you I'll second that motion. Oh, hmm. careful. Um, I've been watching a few Rodgy clips this week. Oh, yeah. Um, just, well, sort of. Just fell into a bit of a YouTube hole. Oh. More of a well. Yeah. I could find my way back out again That's when cool. I needed to. Yeah. So Up the rope. Up the rope. Um, he's, a, he's a lovely old man. Mm. Um, I think my preconceived notion is that this is going to be terrific. I'm very excited for this film. Um, the, the thing that struck me when I, watching these, when I was watching these interviews... And I wasn't aware of it, but I'm sure many in the Bond community are, and I'm sure you are, is that he thinks that Sean's the best James Bond. He did at the time, yeah. Yeah, and that he was trying to step out or do something differently, and, and that was why he kind of lent down this path of more humour. Yeah. Which he I find interesting. talked himself down so He really much. did. He really, he really did. did not rate himself publicly as, no. a, as an actor. No, it was interesting to watch him. Mm, it's quite... Uh, like... It's it's something that's endearing about him, but I also mm. found it a bit sad. I, was I like, did. I thought well, he should have realised how special he was. Yeah. You know, I mean, to continue the role and, and do it for so well, so long and so well. But anyway, that all got me thinking about the whole Roger tenure and, uh, and where I sit on this kind of funny to serious scale, knowing that he wanted to make it funny, that it was... He thought it was his strength. He thought it was his strength, yeah. the humour, because he could never do the, the cool like Sean could. Or and, the... and I think also he said, because kids were watching these films, yeah. that they shouldn't be too dark mm. and violent. But I remember you saying that the spy, uh, to, to For Your Eyes only. only was made as a reaction to the kind of silliness of Moonraker. They wanted to bring it back to a more grounded arena right yeah so that's where i want roger to be and i want to see him exist there which is why i'm excited for this film but um yeah i guess i just have mixed mixed emotions about him at the moment yeah i think um i don't know quite how to sum him up he's he's, uh, he's I'm a, in the same boat actually. yeah 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 i don't know where i sit with Roger. i think this will be an important this. one for me to to kind of firm yeah. up my feelings yeah, about him that. because i love him when he's doing his best stuff yeah, you know. well, we've loved him in Live and Let Die and Spy. Yeah. And we didn't mind him that much in uh, Man with the Golden Gun either. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, look, I, it's, I've made no secret about this. I, I really love this film. Oh, you like this one? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So surprising. Yeah, I, yeah I, I played it down a bit. Um, no, this is, one of, this is my favourite Roger Moore. Before going into this, yep. I wonder if... Um, if Live and Let Die or Spy might be rivaling it now after mm-hmm. having watched them, you know, in such quick succession. But this was the Bond film when I was a kid that made me love Roger Moore because it felt like a proper Bond film. Mm. Uh, it was it was grounded enough uh, that I, it, it, I was caught up in the Casino Royale phase as well where, you know, we finally got something that was back to Fleming mm. and I think that For Your Eyes Only was a, another one of those films like The Living Daylights like some of the Connery films where they got back to Fleming I think that's what I love man I didn't I know that's where I've kind of always sat and going on this yes. journey has been a real experience for me in terms of embracing everything else that Bond has to offer but that's where my heart is it's in that Fleming edge yeah it's, me too yeah Without the racism. Without <laughs> the out-and-out yeah. racism of the Fleming yeah. But there is something about 
he was created by Fleming. Mm. So Fleming would understand him better than anything. And I think there is a formula that Fleming kind of perfected. Um, look, I will say this. This film is not without its silly moments. Right. And there is one that really jumps out that I always forget. It's always one. That Isn't I there? always forget is in this film. And right. it's at the very end of the film. It feels like it should oh, be no. a post credits scene. Right. Because it doesn't match this this film. It feels like something in Octopussy. Is it as egregious as a slide whistle or Tarzan? Look, depending on your taste, it could be. Oh, Ooh, dear. Taste could be. Yeah, yeah. And this, who's our director, sorry? This is John Glenn's Johnny. first. He's jumped oh. out of the editor's chair and into this. Now, this film was originally uh, written with a new Bond in mind. Ah. And they had thought of Timothy Dalton oh. um, to get it, but he didn't like the direction that the franchise was taking, so he said no. Good on. And John was feeling a bit nervous about. And John Glenn new... didn't want to introduce a new director, so they got Rog to, st- uh, to, to yeah introduce a new Bond. So he was the director. Call the ambulance. Yeah, um, and so they got Roggie back. Uh, this is uh, Rog. I think is is perfect in this he's got that blend of his own self-deprecating humor and self-awareness yep um but there's a cold ruthlessness to him in this there's a it's a revenge um led film some people think that the pre-title sequence is a little bit goofy this is the blowfield the blowfield yeah Mm. but i would defend it in in so far as going thematically it works with the rest of the film Tonally, maybe not, but thematically, it very much does. I don't think it's as silly as people make out. And coming off the back of Moonraker, I mean, it's, yeah, that doesn't get stupider than that. Or Octopussy, maybe. But anyway, oh, yeah. look, I really like this film. I can't wait to watch it. I'm hoping I'm not proven wrong. Mm. Last time I was this optimistic about a Rodgy was Octopussy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we yeah. were very, very disappointed by it. Yeah. But this one is one over the years that I've always enjoyed. So. Trust that gut. Trust your gut. Mm. Without further ado, it's time to pop in the Blu-ray for 1981's For Your Eyes Only. And eyes are the only way you're for. Well, gentlemen, we've just seen 1981's For Your Eyes Only. Oh, you sound a little... Oh, what's, what's uh, this tone that's crept in here? No, no, no. What did you think? <laughs> uh, Straight off the bat. Would you like to go first, Mr. Dan? Yeah. Well, our initial ten, ten words, is it? Yeah, name it. What do you reckon? Ten words. Ten Look, words or less. Ten words or more. I have grown tedious... Oh. Wait. Yeah. yeah, hang on. Think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I've grown tired yeah, of Mr. Better. Roger Moore. Oh. Tedium has set in. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that's how I feel. That's yeah. my initial response to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mr. Spear? Not his worst. Not his worst. But not his best. No, it's not his best. You're a dirty devil. Yeah. You lied to us all, Brendan McClellan. I'm, I'm really disappointed oh, after no. seeing that. It's not, yeah. the, it's not the film I remember. Uh, it is in parts the film I remember. Mm. But I would say that the biggest letdown of it mm-hmm. is the music 
yes. is truly awful. R- ruins some otherwise pretty steady scenes. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. yeah, quite phenomenal sequences, mm. actually, mm. that are made to look laughable. TV. Yes. I was getting lots of flashes of TV movies. Maybe this is the TV bond. This is yeah. the TV bond that we're yeah. thinking about. Mm. Which is John Glenn. I had moments um, of awe and excitement, but I also had a number of moments of like, jeez. Oh, yeah. It was a roller coaster. It was quite up and down for me. Yeah, yeah. It, it was for me a story that needed Dalton or Craig to make it work. I was watching it just being like, I need a macho bond here. Yeah. And I'm not getting that from Roger. Yeah, Roger was in in the scenes, but you're right. I think that's... He didn't feel like Bond. He didn't feel like Bond and he wasn't propelling the story. He was kind of just doing what the scene needed him to do. Picture this, Dalton's debut film. Yeah, I I, I think it's a much better film if it's got Dalton in it. It's got a Dalton feel to it. It has a huge Dalton feel to it. And I think Mm. he would have been able to handle some of those... I don't know. There was a part of this film that's really grounded and really... You know, her relationship with her father and and the whole revenge story and things like that. You need a different actor playing the uh, Melina Havelock, for sure. Oh, 100%. She's got to go. She was on par for me with Lois Charles. From Moonraker. Ooh, <clears throat> wow. Yeah, yes, yes. Similar like, kind of deadpan. Yeah, react mm. to something. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that. There's a yeah. couple of specific moments that irked me. Yeah, I was... I was. Um, the thing is, is that I, I thought Roger did fairly well throughout the film. But it, he was missing a spark. Mm. And you could tell that he was kind of... I think uncomfortable doing a darker, harder-edged story. See, I struggle to call this darker or harder-edged. What? Why is that? Well, it seems like more of the same to me. It doesn't really seem that that far departed from anything we've seen him do. Um, yeah, I would say it is in terms of it's not in space, which is what we've just come from. Mm. It's not... Uh, a supervillain trying to build an underwater kind of master race. Mm-hmm. Um, With a big ship. We're not in a, a weird fun house kind of, you know, there's no J.W. Mm. Pepper. Like, there's. It, it feels more of a Fleming story in its simplicity mm. of. And I think that's actually kind of the problem with it, is that it feels like about three different movies yeah. being told rather poorly across the board mm. like the Fiora's only short story is the Melina Havelock story where she is setting out to avenge um, the death of her parents which is ends with her shooting him in the back as he jumps off the diving board which is in the film huh. so mm. that's Fiora's only uh, Risico or Risico however you say it is the um, Bond is tasked to work with Christados um, to find out something to do with a smuggling ring mm. and he realises that Columbo is not the villain yes blah 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 so that's all there yeah. the Columbo Cristado thing that's Risico um, and then the other one I can't fucking remember but there's another short story that's that's in this oh there's elements of live and let die in it yeah. with the dragging behind, behind the, the boat. boat there's a lot of Fleming in it 
And I would say that what they're toying with is the idea of a... I mean, at the start with killing Blofeld is revenge for the murder of his wife, Tracy. Mm. That's an interesting thing that I would love to see them play with, but they kind of drop it mm. after the pre-title sequence. The pre-title sequence is just... It's not even silly. It's just kind of ugh, boring. Yeah. It, I, don't even, I don't know how to... Uh... How to really? How do we talk about this film? How do we talk about this movie? It's, I it's, know. Mm. Yeah, I. It's not at all what I remember. Mm. The bits that I did remember was still still stood out to me as being really bloody good. Yeah. So that that the one in particular that stunt where they're climbing up where Bond is climbing up the side of that cliff, cliff yeah, and he falls down. That's a brilliantly done sequence. Mm. I really enjoy the citron going down the, the yellow buggy the citron macadamia bloody trees or whatever they're rolling they are. down the hills at the crash. That's a really interesting bloody sequence, but it's undone by just like I don't understand the thought behind the music there. Oh, I think the worst music offender is the scene with the the snow bikes. Oh, the yeah. motorbikes with the spiky tires. Yeah, that's, that's a, the worst. Well, that's music. a really good scene. Mm. Yeah, completely destroyed scene. by the music they chose. Yeah, like all tension, all excitement is just yeah. sapped out of that thing. And I, I wonder if because we when we watch these on Blu-ray, we're getting the full Dolby or DTS kind of sound experience, mm. and we're getting it out of a really, really high quality set of speakers. Yeah. When I watched these growing up. And up until like about a year or so ago, I was watching these on DVD, VHS, and the sound mix is much lower. The music doesn't really pop out as much. And I wonder if having that music so front and center in the mix as we had it today, mm. if that actually undid it for me. Mm. Which is strange because I've watched this on Blu-ray before. I don't know. I, I'm really struggling to figure out why I thought this was so good mm. yeah it has something to do I think it has something to do with the order in which you watch these Rogies I think there's a sort of formula here because my my feeling that I can't quite get into words is that if we'd watch this after Moonraker we'd like it more if we'd watch this instead of the Spy Who Loved Me and we're now watching The Spy Who Loved Me would we be having a negative reaction to that I wonder because the they're all so me. similar I think it's part of that fatigue part of that I've seen this we've talked about this we've done this this isn't bringing anything new to the table this is boring me well you I know? think I wonder if yeah maybe although I feel like The Spy Who Loved Me just ha it has an energy about mm. it that, that is able to... It feels like everyone is at least having fun making the film. Yeah, yeah. Whereas there were sequences in this where I was like, oh, why are we here? Is the form is the franchise a bit tired? It feels tired in this movie. Yeah, yes. And I don't know why they did two more with him after this. Well, they went ridiculously silly the yeah. last time, which paid off at the box office. It flogged Never Say Never Again. Mm. at the box office they were, they were terrified too because in 83 Sean Connery was coming back and they were like we cannot introduce a new Bond uh, opposite Sean Connery the original the Bond. original that is mm. just death mm. so they went let's keep the guy that's been giving us consistent box office returns this was a financial success 
made $195 million, I believe. Yeah, $195.3 million, which is only $15 million less than Moonraker. Wow. I mean, oh. and it was made on a smaller budget. Moonraker's budget was about 34. This is 28. Right. I'm at a loss for words. I'm sorry, listeners. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little uh, rattled. B- Bond. Bond. Let's start at the top. Right. Yeah. Bond. Mr. James Bond. Bond James Bond. Bond James Bond. Mr. James Bond. Roggy. Roggy. F- friend of the podcast. Yeah, friend of the podcast, Roggy Moore. Roggy Moore. Um... Well, I mean, as I said, it's, it's definitely not his best, but I don't think it's his worst. What would you say his worst is? Um, so far. Him, like actually him and not the film. I want to say Octopussy, to be honest. Not Moonraker? Is he... You weren't much a fan of him in Moonraker. Yeah. It'd be... Oh, it'd be a tie between the two. I can't remember our discussion about Moonraker all that much. I can't remember whether I wanted to watch Moonraker more than I'd watch Octopussy. I don't know. I really don't. It'd be either between those two, but I don't think he's as bad. It wasn't overly obvious to me. He did seem a little tired, though. This idea of tiredness, I think, seems to kind of... Permeates this one. Between, Mm. like, across the whole film, Mm. in various areas and departments, maybe is what I'm picking up on. The style's a bit lacking. His energy's kind of a bit lacking. I don't know. This didn't really grab me with that level of excitement as no. some of his others. I thought had. it was very boring. The, yeah. From go to woe, I yeah. was pretty asleep. Yeah, it felt a bit tame. Even mm. though there's a couple of standout sequences that I could that I could talk talk about in sort of relative detail, I just don't think that that's an, that's enough really you know you've got the you've got the cliff climb you've got a couple of good car chases and things like that and there's definitely a few moments where I was like oh wow oh God, how'd they do that that's amazing but they're few and far between and there's just a general kind of feeling of lackluster it feels a little bit like a Roger Moore film and not a James Bond film it, for one of a better expression oh right, right. Okay. I guess is just I don't know. Was James Bond in this movie, really? There, well, were, see, there I, were times where he was. For me, I yeah. feel like, story-wise, mm. this is a Bond film I want to see. Story-wise, I, yeah. I was pulling it apart going, yep, all of this I, I really love, but the execution is so severely lacking. And it's, it's not like Octopussy, where when we were watching that, I was going, what were they thinking? Mm. In this one, I was just like, uh, I think they... They probably forgot the audience a little bit here, and it just feels a little uh, oh sleepy. It's the word yeah. I can't get out of my goddamn head. Is sleepy? It's not like that. It's not like they've made a massive detour away from the formula or made a really bold choice that's kind of derailed. And and, and we're sort of sitting here going, whoa, whoa, whoa! You've gone too far the wrong way. No, it still felt like it's preceding films I guess yeah but at the same time that the fact that there wasn't or for me didn't seem to be some kind of bold choice made just made it a little bit I don't know white bread would we say it kind of you know? lacks like focus maybe 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 I would say so a, yeah a lack yeah. of focus a lack of direction a lack of there were scenes in it that I was like that cut 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 mm. we're not learning anything here and it's not stimulating or exciting yeah, mm. like after um, after Bond and Malena escape 
in the car we cut to this scene where she's packing her bags and he's like I'll get you on a flight Olympic still does flights at this time of night she's like yes Greek women always avenge oh, we're the, like Electra. yeah we we're like to... Electra. we always avenge yeah. uh, avenge sevenfold and it's <laughs> like okay I know that already like I get that the audience knows that Bond knows that this scene can cut mm. move on give me something else mm. give me more time playing with the idea of um, Columbo and Christados who's the good guy who's the bad guy yeah, yeah they started down that road and then and then a, a, forget it sort of back right it. off it because mm. they're too worried about the whole Melina Havelock thing which is essentially wrapped up as soon as she kills the man who killed, who killed her, her father. father. Yeah. But because they've retconned that, um, I believe I'm using that word, retrofitted. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Or yeah. retcon- No, retrofitted. They've yeah. retrofitted that For Your Eyes Only short story into this. Yes. And they're like, well, she's our Bond girl. We've got to keep her going. Mm. But you've already wrapped they her now, story up yeah, in the first act. tying her to Christados. Yes. Which is pretty weak. I mean, yeah, he ordered for them to... But then... You don't stop there. You then have to go up to Gogol. Why yes. doesn't she want to kill Gogol? Gogol and then after that, why doesn't she want to kill the Russian president? Because the orders come all the way from the bloody top, baby! <laughs> so for me, that leap of logic is a bit like, she's done. Mm. Move on. She's your secondary intro Bond woman. Yep. In fact, she should be your sacrificial lamb. She should be Ferrara, who gets the dove pin. Yes. We should have that moment of... You know, she gets killed she gets by it. blah blah blah. But if you do that, you're only other Bond girl in this film. Is Bibi Dahl? Oh gosh, <laughs> who made me cringe every time I was on there? And that is not—that's not a slight to Lynn Holly Johnson. That is more a slight to the fact that the that cliche she's char- playing. <laughs> that <laughs> character is so. What's it doesn't doing make there? sense. No, like that's—it's very clearly a scene written with a new Bond in mind. That is a... If it's Pierce Brosnan or even Timothy Dalton in their first film, you go, yeah, he's just old enough to be a bit like, ooh, what's going on here? Mm. Because she's like 18. She's a kid. Mm. Um, But he's not old enough to be like, that's your granddad. Like, (laughs) there's still enough in him where you go, yeah, handsome bloody man. Not like, ah, go, papa. <laughs> Which is... Uh, Was he too old in this? Yeah. He's too old for... Yes, yes. He's too old for this film. Yeah, he yeah. is too old he's for a this little, film. He's a little more at home in Octopussy in terms of his age. Yeah, he is. I feel. Mm. But in this movie, I was seeing an old man from Go to Woe. You saw yeah. it the whole way? The whole way. There weren't any There was no moments. vitality. There we was... had a bit of a chuckle to each other when he was running, running up all up of those the... stairs. <laughs> Yes, which I thought was very rude. <laughs> Show the man some respect. He saved the world twelve times. I mean, in, the, in the one spot you could put music to cover up a bit of awkwardness, that but would that's be... ADR. That's not Roger. That's not but on why did location. They no music. There was what no music. And it was just. <sighs> and they yeah, really made a point ADR. of hearing his voice, and it just made him. He's running up bloody stairs. You run upstairs without getting a bit of a puff. Yeah. Daniel Craig bit... doesn't even run upstairs without a bit of a puff. Oh, I don't know. It was a bit emphysema puff to me. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. He smokes up two packets of cigarettes a day. <laughs> <laughs> there were a few times where I thought, ah, oh, it's time to hang up the hat, I think. Yeah. 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 Look, I'll agree. I'll agree. <laughs> Would have been a nice time for, for young Mr. Dalton to step in. Yes. Mm. Yeah. 
1981. Yeah, I really perfect. felt that there mm. were there were moments in this where I, where I went. Put, put Dalton in here. Well, I think Glenn shot himself in the foot by saying, I don't want to direct a new, new Bond because I think he's really well suited to Dalton. Like, yes, you look is. at Glenn's films, the, the th- four that we've seen, mm. the two more, the two mores that we've seen, they're not very good. No. And, and then living, the Living Daylights, the energy Ooh, that he yeah. gets, the kind of... Yeah. It works for it yeah. and it doesn't quite... You can't quite recapture the lightning, but you see that's the the, the zenith of his style yeah. of what he can offer Bond. It really works with Dalton, mm. I feel. And I think that ties into Moore himself in that I said it in the Moonraker episode that he's a leading actor, but he's not a leading man. Yeah. He he really does not bring he doesn't bring the other people up with him. Yes, he's which more is likely strange. to get dragged down by them. Which is strange because apparently in real life he was a, you know, completely charming gentleman. People couldn't help but want to be in his company because mm. they just found him so charming. Mm. But I watch him in these and I'm like, oh, there are moments where I'm like, oh, I'm I'm clearly watching an actor. I'm mm. clearly watching an actor. Mm. But I'm also watching an actor who doesn't seem sure as to whether or not he should make a bold choice. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. funny because in that scene when we first meet Columbo, and Topol, the actor who plays him, has oh. kind of got this charming, bubbly energy. I'm like, oh, 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 yes, 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 yeah. yes. The film has desperately needed this. Mm. But Moore doesn't even match that. No, yeah. He He's he- playing a little too cold reserve which watching more you just kind of go you need a nap is it nap time (laughs) (laughs) is that chair a bit too comfy (laughs) you know what I mean yeah his face is never progressing the narrative Mm. you know or his energy or his energy is never progressing the, the narrative you watch other movies and the lead character learns something and you see them learn it yeah I feel like you never see Roger learn anything no you don't you don't it's funny because as much acting as Pierce Brosnan can be guilty of in, in the two weaker ones, mm. I'm at least going, he's given it a go. He is giving it a he's go. He's given it a go. Mm. He might be going down the wrong path, but <laughs> fuck it, he chose a path. You know what I mean? Yeah, which with this film, I feel like... No choice. There was no path decided upon in yeah. that sense. Yeah, he felt very uh, passive. Yes. Throughout this, yeah, which I don't think the character is written as, which is the the which is what I think causes the disconnect. How can you have a protagonist that's passive? Yeah, yeah, they have exactly. to be by nature active. Yeah, in their adventure, in their in their journey. Which I think in the script he is, but in his performance he's not, and so none of it shows through. Because I actually think there's some really lovely subtle work going on in the script. Yeah. That is just not delivered upon primarily by our lead actors. Mm. I mean, the pre-title sequence. Yes. You, when it first opened, Jake, Yeah. you were a bit excited. Yeah, refresh my memory. <laughs> we open in the graveyard. Oh, yes. Oh, there yeah, he is. There, there he is. is. There there is. is. Hello. Hello. Bond in the graveyard. Yes, and I knew, oh, we're gonna, they're bringing Tracy back in. I love it when they acknowledge Tracy. And the helicopter piloting was pretty pretty cool. Oh, that stunt oh, work. God, fantastic. that was incredible mm. stunt work. That, mm. Yeah, for sure. 
Blofeld in a neck brace in a yes, in a still, wheelie in a still twelve years later he's still in a neck brace. Are you serious? What wait? What are they referring to? Well, he's in a neck brace at the end of Honor Majesty's Secret Service because he gets wedged in between the tree branches after right, in the but bobsled. But he's in films in between, isn't he? Nope. No. Oh that's... well, yes. Yeah, he goes to fucking Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. Oh, which yeah. feeds into my theory that Connery is a separate timeline to the other Bonds. <laughs> mm. And that Lazenby through Brosnan is the one, one Bond, but Connery is his own. Well, that would make sense because they continue to acknowledge Tracy. Yeah, although but... Die Another Day undoes it with the fucking Rosa Klebb shoe and the jetpack and all that kind of rah-rah-rah yeah, bullshit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And does is Connery, at the start of Diamonds, is he on a rampage because of Tracy or not? Oh, yeah. You know? So we've got that going on as Continuity well. Continuity in this series is not good. <laughs> in the original saga, it's not good. Yeah. But I did enjoy the opening. I thought that was... Uh, I liked it as a setting. And I was intrigued. But as the thing, as the thing went on... <laughs> you look like... It feels like we've just come back from a funeral. We're awake. <laughs> and we don't really know what to say. Because we, we didn't really like the guy. We just worked with him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Nice well, enough guy. He's, he's nice gone. enough guy. No, we should go, shouldn't we? Yeah, no, we, <laughs> no, should, we go. should We go. should make an effort. It'd be we poor form if we didn't turn up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I spoke to him a bit, so yeah. we'll send him off. And... Yeah. I thought this film was... A, I mean, it's funny because the first few minutes where the helicopter comes in, you think you're in for something, but then the presence of Blofeld, Blofeld the way he's dispatched, into the title sequence with the song yeah. and i got to say alarm bells were <laughs> ringing <laughs> I thought I was did not know how to take it take what? what we were about to embark the on the song? the whole movie the like whole how movie, to treat yeah. the, how to then look at the rest of the thing seriously yes, yeah. and take it seriously you were like okay no 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 but this is where the film starts yeah, when yeah. we come out of the title sequence and I'm like film has started no, it better yeah. be yeah yeah <laughs> no it do, it, it was uh it's very jarring. And yeah. again, when I was thinking about For Your Eyes Only, I'm not thinking about that opening, nor am I thinking about that So what are you thinking ending. about, Brandon? I'm thinking about... The cliff uh, climb. I know, I'd be thinking about climb. how to get I'm thinking about the drag behind the boat. Yeah. I'm thinking about the, um, the sinking of the... Whatever that boat is called with the ATAC on it. I'm oh, thinking, the St. George. Yeah, I'm mm. thinking about the uh, sequence in the mountains... I'm thinking about the um, the countess being fucking oh, brutally dispatched by the by the buggy. That beach scene was good. All of that stuff is what I remember mm. from the film, mm. and so my head is going this. And I remember the revenge plot being such a big. Does part give you of a it. grittier impulse? It makes yeah, me go, yeah. "Oh, it's gritty, it's gritty, it's gritty," and it's not. And I'm watching that, mm. going, "That's what the film Want. should be." Mm. Yes. But in the linking moments in between, the acting is so weak source that we we lose all the tension. Yeah. And and I think that's that's kind of emblematic of it being Glenn's first go as a director, in that him not knowing how to direct the actors. He knows how to set everything up for the edit because he's yeah. been editing these Gets things. Gets the shots yeah. right and in terms second, of extracting the performance. Exactly, because his second skill. unit stuff is mm. fantastic. Yes. Mm. And he came from being the second unit director on Honor Majesties, yep. then into being an editor. So he's got all of that. And then when we get to character moments, nothing. Lacking. Mm. It's so lacking. And I feel like that's lacking 
until we get Dalton, who when you does watch, his own work. That's he's the a thing. Well-trained and, actor, and they've cast well around him as mm. well. Um, and when I watched Dalton, I was watching an interview of Dalton uh, a couple of days ago where he's in the headdress and he's. I actually was a bit like, oh, you smart bastard. Yeah, he's in the, you know, the headdress in, in the desert. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's being interviewed, like, by some reporter. Mm. And, you know, he's kind of talking like this, and he's very serious. And, you know, when I'm talking about a character like this, it's all very important, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, that's very... Like, there was something about it where I was like, that's not how you handle an interview, dude. Like, yeah. say what you will about Moore he, and Brosnan. They know how to handle the press. Mm. Um, but it made me think, well, Dalton's such a good actor that he can get on set and go, there you go. I know what this scene needs. Mm. And so that gives Glenn the... I wonder if... And I wonder if working as a director on a couple of these Bond films... He probably by the time he gets... Oof. Yes, and I think by the time he gets to Dalton, he's like, I know how to do All this right, I've got time for the actors now. Because yeah, I've yeah. Because yeah. yeah. he's work, he works with Christopher Walken in A View to a Kill, and that... I mean, he works with Grace Jones in that film as well. That could not be easy. <laughs> by all accounts that was a ferocity relationship really what a oh, set yeah. to be her think. and Moore didn't get along very well oh. Moore was you know very polite about her but very much like uh, we're very different people <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder if Glenn has probably over time gotten a bit more like alright no you please please do what I say <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, because you're right, in Living Daylights, it doesn't... It's up, it figures up, it all up. out. Yeah, everything's mm. in the air, constantly. Mm. It's and got this swelling kind of orchestral quality, the Living Daylights. That's mm. how I remember it. It's got yeah. this kind of grand romantic feel. Yeah, and it really does. He, he, yeah. He's, and he's there's moments that are trying for that in this Well, he's well. he's under... Like, I know you pointed out to me and I was blown away by the underwater sequences that were filmed not underwater. Mm. I thought they were one as blow dryers the blow dryers and the bubbles. And the bubbles. Yeah. Like Better that, than Maurice's bubbles in the bloody title sequence. Oh, the no. dude gets romance. He yeah. gets what makes a romantic image. Yeah, he does. When know? we first descend upon Greece, yeah, and she's there in the in the in the with the black kind yeah, of headdress yeah. on, and Moore's in that beautiful you know navy yes. double breasted, and that beautiful underscoring. It's like this is a romantic bond. Moment. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and it's funny. They're the moments where the characters aren't speaking. Mm. There's yeah. no dialogue. Yeah, I know. I noticed that as soon as characters started speaking in this film, my interest went. Whoa. I started to. <laughs> I knocked my bloody martini glass over. They did. Because I did. just wanted to feel something. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted that shot of adrenaline. Yeah. Because mm. the thing is, is like you say, he handles those set pieces perfectly. Yeah, they're very well managed. They're just... I thought the cinematography was a little step behind in this film. It's A lot of it is out of focus. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff of it more just where I'm like, felt... he's out of focus. Mm. It felt older than the Moonraker work it felt yes. much more dated well and i think that comes from the feeling that everyone was on the same page of going we cannot make this mm. a big over the top bond film so we want to strip everything back mm. make it feel way less polished and you know produced mm. make it feel more real down to earth and i think at moments they get that but then mm. there's other times where i'm like 
You can still be gritty and down to earth and still be beautifully shot. Yeah. Absolutely. And Honor bold. Majesties. You know, you... It has some of the best cinematography in the franchise mm. and it's got some of the grittiest moments. Like, Very true. Hello? Just seems to be lacking, <laughs> Hello? lacking boldness for me. It's like, mm. if that's your MO to kind of ground things... Then ground it. You can, yeah, and make that your bold choice, your Go bold statement. You can't have your cake and eat it too. It just felt... A little bit. I can. I can have my cake and eat it too. Well, we've seen that, but. <laughs> oh, court is in order. That is slander. Jake Whoa. He brought it up. You he brought, brought it up. It up. Yes, but up. I was expecting to be patted on the back, not attacked like this. <laughs> that was horrendous. <laughs> but they should be making bold choices, even if they're stripping it back. It's like, it didn't. I don't know. It felt TV and the tacky 80s. It felt really 80s. It felt like an episode of Magnum P.I. And Yes, and again, I think that score is the... It does one of, of that. It, it does so much of that. Mm. It, because it's so in your face and mm. so bombastic. offensive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, bombastic and offensive. Mm. It feels like... Because Bill Conti's a fantastic composer. Yeah. He's done some fantastic pieces of work. I've think he's, he's even an Oscar winner mm. um, listening to this I'm kind of like do you not like the Bond film <laughs> are you trying to bury this did he do any more no, no thank absolutely you. not they got Barry back yeah. wow. no, maybe got... this was their bold choice and it clearly failed mm. well they went yeah yeah true yeah, it just feels so. Mean, sorry. It feels like such an a, a dated approach to music is the thing. In yes. 1980, I kept watching. Dated for us. No, well, no, no. But dated I kept in watching, 81. Yeah, I kept watching this film going, 81. It feels like an early 70s Bond yes. film. Yeah. So, I mean, movies were being way more. I mean, think of the score in Alien, 1979, and the music and sound design work yeah. there. And then watch this. Yeah. It's like. God, what's doing? what's happening? Do you think all of the technology that's starting to be introduced is sort of affecting people's creative choices? So they're going, oh, let's let's experiment with synthesizers or electronic sounds and things like that. So everyone's like, oh, yeah, and getting excited well, about well, that. And Bond, for us, it's like, well, Bond just gets a little bit too caught up in what's popular, where, and particularly yeah. in this era, yeah, like this well, is because they're not they... necessarily going. How does music and film work together in 1981? That when they're making those choices, it's like, what does music sound like in 1981? What's everyone listening to? That yeah. seems to be their leading. Yeah, it's, like, it's not about on. it's not about what is film score doing and how do we bring that into our world. It's more like, what's popular? Yeah, but, but even mm. then, it doesn't even feel like the music of the time. Like you say, it feels like early 70s schlock. Mm. It feels like, a, oh god, say it. <laughs> well, it reminds me of you know in um, Too Many Cooks. When we yeah. when we go into the police ver- like the police version of the too many cooks, <laughs> too many cooks will spoil the broth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that's what I get from this film, which is seventies trying culture. to appeal to Americans. God knows, God knows, who knows? Because mm. I want to know who they're because none of the film matches the title song. Of For Your Eyes Only by Sheena Easton. Oscar nominated. For that song? For that song. I hated it. You hated it? Oof. Yeah, so does my girlfriend. Mm. Jake? Because uh, you've said in the past that you quite like that song. 
I remember we were playing cards one oh. night. I'm going to call you here. Are you yeah. a flip flopper? Uh, hello, Jake speaking. Yes, Brandon. What uh, do you yes, want hello, calling? Brandon. Um, yeah. It's Brandon here. Um, I'm just calling you. I'm on the podcast at the moment. Oh yeah. Um, and I'm just, I was just reminiscing on a time where we were playing cards and we had the Bond themes playing in the in the background. Right, and, right, right. And, right. and, and Sheena Easton's for Your Eyes Only, Oscar oh. nominated. Do you remember that from yeah, 1981 Sheena, for Your she? Eyes Only? I, I don't know her personally, but right. I know that the song was written by um, Bill Conti and, and someone else, Michael Bill. Michael yeah. Leeson, I believe his name is. Yep, 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 yep. Um, yep, yep, yep. You said that you were like, oh, that's a Bond song. Mm. Did right. I? Yep. Thanks. Bye. Uh, but, but, okay. Bye. Bye. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> and that's essentially how it went. That's how it went. Yeah. yeah. That's how it went down. But it wasn't a phone Does call. Does that still it hold up for you today? Uh, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Not so much. Mm, yeah. I don't mind it. And when I first hear it, I think I like it. And then I was kind of swaying in the lounge, like a little bit, like I was kind of enjoying it. But I think that faded pretty quickly. I mm. think it's in the similar reason that I don't really like Tomorrow Never Dies. Is because I don't think Sheena Easton's voice is up to the song. Oh mm. yes, I don't love the orchestration behind it or the instrumentation, whatever it is. No, it doesn't sweep me away. No, it's very dated. It's very Gandhi covered. It's now, synth. Here's yeah. a question synth too. Crap. But he's got like, a point. Jack. Like Cheryl Crow, she can't hit the notes. She's not a belter. Mm. No, you think she's trying to be a belter? Oh, way too many times. Like when she tries to belt bassy. out. For only. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not about a melody as good that's as built that. for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now we can't forgive Madonna for appearing in the film that her song appears in. No, well, we can't forgive. Can we Madonna? Can we forgive Shiana? 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 Sorry, Shiana, what's her name? Shiana Easton. Sound it out. Shiana Easton. Saoirse Ronan. So- <laughs> Sheena. Sheena. We can't forgive her. For appearing in her oh, film. Oh, look. As I could music forgive. Video. I, forg- I forgive Sheena. I will never, ever forgive Mr. Maurice Binder. 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 Binder's full of women. I know. As soon as it started, I did throw you a look, Darby. Yeah. Like, Here we go. It's another Maurice. They're not good. Oh, they're awful, awful, awful. He's got about two good ones. Days of our lives nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Her being in it... You, do you want to know the reason? I, I feel like you'll be able to guess the reason. Why did he put Sheena Easton in this in this title sequence? Did they use you it as the... You get mid- one guess. They used it as the music video for the song when they released it. Ba-bow, you're wrong. Oh. Mr. Darby Dick. Oh, nah. Um, why, why did they use Sheena? Gentleman's Agreement. They shook hands on it, and then he had to stick to it. No, <laughs> but that's closer. Okay. Oh. Uh, Maurice Binder thought she was very pretty. There you go. Thought she looked good. Oh, thought right. she'd look good in the title sequence. Right. Probably out of ideas too. You know what? He's what if really I just proud of. What is he really proud? He's of? really proud of that shot where her face. She's kind of like leaning with her her like left or right hand on her face, <laughs> and there's like bubbles up the top. Atop her, yeah, and yeah. they're like kind of foaming. He, foaming. he loves that. Does you he? want to know how he achieved that? Oh, yeah. He had a straw. Oh no! And he blew bubbles into the water, <laughs> and then he filmed it. <laughs> oh my god! And he put it in a multi-million-dollar picture. <laughs> yes, I thought the most delightful thing. I just got a straw and a blue bubbles. And he's held up as some like titan. No, no. I don't get the reverence. I will before I die. Ooh. I will. I will bring the world's attention to the weakness of Maurice Binder, 
as a title designer. Yeah, That's my new mission. Wow. Because Robert Brownjohn oh, was way better. So much. And Daniel Kleinman has perfected yes. the Bond title sequence. Yep, 100%. Yeah. I don't get it. I, I don't do get it either. not get it. Yep. I don't know whether I'll have the same vendetta as Mr. Deck, but... Oh, if anyone asks me, not till I die, that's for sure. Mr. Binder, Mr. Is Binder, Binder dead? Should not. Surely. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't do that. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> whoa. The thoughts and opinions whoa. of Darby Deck are not. Oh, we've already talked about the score. It's it's just atrocious. It's terrible. It's atrocious. There, one moment that I mentioned when we first arrived in Greece was when I heard a glimpse of you know what might have been yeah a grand sweeping kind of spy adventure but and also when the neptune is diving and we hear that kind of darker version of the double o- of the james bond theme yeah which then he ruins with the synth guitar porn guitar again yeah, guitar. Mm. and there's hangovers of that in goldeneye yes yes Strangely enough, that kind of 70s disco sound yes. didn't offend us that much in The Spy Who Loved Me because he seemed to temper it a bit more. Yeah, it definitely appeared, and I'm pretty sure I remember Mr. Deck commenting on it a little bit, but mm. it certainly wasn't overly offensive. Minolaki. Not as offensive as this. Yeah. Like when it truly is ruining some it's ruining it's really all great sequence. you can focus on. Yeah. It is ruining the film. Yeah, yeah I, I actually feel like... It, whatever the visual equivalent of white noise is, that's what happens as soon as that music starts playing. You might as well shut the picture off mm. because I'm done. You're, I can't you're screwed get past it, Conti. It. Yeah, because I, I think you're right. Some of those car chases and and, the, and even the motorbike sequence in the mountains and stuff, if that was even playing with no, no score, just get rid of it. Would still be really powerful. Yeah, most of this film doesn't need a score because it's it's meant to be tense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. meant to be atmospheric. Just chords, just kind of sustained textures mm. throughout. Oh, are you bloody right it then? All right, well, maybe I will. Yeah, maybe you will then. Uh-huh. Do it. Go on. Do it now. All right. All right. Two bars by the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, where's the piano? <laughs> no, it's in the cupboard. Ah, uh, see, if it was out. Our villain. Who is the actual you, villain? Yeah, who's the villain? It's Lennon. Lennon. Yeah, it's yes. Lennon. Vladimir, yeah, Lennon. Vladimir Lennon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Played by um, what's his name? Julian Glover. Oh, oh okay. He's who, pretty good. Who was it? Yeah, he's a very good actor. Mm. He was actually considered for Bond. Wow. At one what? point, he's a British actor. No, he was he's... considered for Bond, but when he was originally considered, Michael G. Wilson said he was too young to play Bond, and now he's too old, so he's perfect for a villain. And I think he's wasted in the film. Yeah, it, well, not necessarily wasted, but the film doesn't live up to how good he can be, does it? Yeah, yeah. which I, he's still, I think he's one of the best things about the movie. Yeah, he mm. definitely is. I'd mm. agree with that. Mm. That personal element between him and Columbo is not is not focused on enough. No, that's a real rivalry that you could really tease out and make some really interesting scenes around. I mm. think, and when they when they finally come head to head in the big compound in the mountains that should feel like two titans coming together yeah Bond getting caught up in that as well and I just don't I get caught up in the bad editing and the where are we what he tripped down the steps and now he's on the dirt and now he's back on the steps that is some of the worst editing I've seen in a Bond film yeah it just totally detracts from the stakes of the film and what's going on yeah 
Nah, shocking, shocking, shocking. Yeah, it's a real waste. He's he's very good. <clears throat> he's very good in. He's in Star Wars. He's in Indiana Jones. He's in bloody. He's Aragog, the spider in oh, Harry yeah. Potter. Oh wow, no way. Uh, he's also in Game of Thrones, and he's very good in that. Mm. I think he's a good actor, but yeah, what a waste. Yeah. For me, I just think that's a waste of his talent because the film should spend way more time on that plot way more time on that yeah. the whole inclusion of this ATAC decrypto decoder blah 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 Hergensheimer mm. <laughs> is such a waste we don't need a MacGuffin like that in no. this have Bond investigate smug- a smuggling ring yeah that's way more interesting that is way more interesting and you can play in more with Roger's age with that because they're older, the two smu- the two heads of the smuggling ring. Yeah. Like, find a way to tell these interesting stories, which which Fleming was doing. He wasn't always secret agent, James Bond, action man. Mm. Like, I'm sick of that. I'm actually really sick of it. <laughs> mm. um, the tedium, man. Yeah. Sets in with yes, this movie. Yes, it sets in. It does. I'm just looking at more going, get out of my movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what about the white dove? What, what, what do you, what do you think mean? of him? That's Columbo. That's Christados. He's the white dove. No, no, Columbo is the white dove, but Christados pretends to be the white dove. Wait, hang on. That's news to me. I thought the white dove was the guy, the with, guy with the, the glasses. With the no, 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 glasses. no. He was just wearing the pin, which is Columbo's symbol. Oh, what? No, he was the white dove. You're no, watching no, it wrong. No, Columbo but Columbo is the white said dove. that because all these Locke, men lock. Locke, who, I'm, yes, who I'm talking who, about. Yes. Because Columbo says that he doesn't work for me, he works for Lennon. Yes. That's exactly right. He works for Lennon. So Locke works for Christados. Christados. So Christados is but, the white dove. But Locke wears that white, white dove, dove pin, pin. Yeah. to make Bond think that he is working for Columbo. Right. Because so Bond thinks Columbo's the white dove. He thinks Columbo is the white dove, Jake. <laughs> But Bond no, Christados is the white no. dove. No! That's what you just said! No, it's not! No, it's not. Listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth. Do you speak English? <laughs> Alright, let me start from the top. Yeah. Columbo. Just yeah. give a bit more is, context. Is the white dove. But all what? his. Let me give the context. <laughs> Who is the white dove? Columbo. What does he mean? But what is the white dove do? That's his name. What does it That's do? his alias. That's just his alias, yeah. Okay. It's his branding. Mm. And all of his men, mm. remember the boys with the wetsuits? Yep, 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 they yep. all wear white doves. Yeah. So you That's can tell that they're that all... They're part of his, his army. One. Mm. Now Locke, yep. over here, yep. he works for Christados. Yes. Who is also the white dove. Who is not the white not dove. Not the white dove. <laughs> but Christados makes Locke wear the white dove pin. Because he's the white dove. No! <laughs> make Bond think that he works for Columbo. So Bond's the white dove. Ah. Yes, Bond is the white dove. There you have it. Bond is the bad guy. Right, right, right. So that's why those scuba guys get out of the ocean. Yes. And shoot the bad. They shoot Charles Dance. Because, yes. He works for Christados. Yes. Because the scuba guys were Columbo. Yes. yes, the white dove. The Who white is the dove. white dove? Well, did you see, like I don't that know plot? What, I don't know what you're complaining about. That's crystal clear. 
We weren't complaining, I don't think. No, I wasn't. Oh, <laughs> goodness me. Look, I'm already in a deep depression because I wanted this film to be very good. There'd been a long lead up to this. I was looking forward to this. I thought it'd be great. Yeah. And just like Octopussy, it spat in my face. <laughs> oh, no. Here we go. Yeah. It spat in my face. It, like you said like about a certain ink. film. Like an ink. Yep. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> like out of a squid or out of an, an octopus. An octopus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it disappointed me. Yeah. Mm. It didn't even make me angry. It just disappointed me. What about the high and, points? And it should go to its room oh. and think about what it's done. Oh, oh dear, that's it's, it's as far as Bond movies go, though. She ain't that bad. Oh, it's it's a middle of the road. Middle yeah. of the road. It's not it's not a bad Bond film, but it's not a good Bond film. Mm. Yeah, it's a. I get actually watching it today with people. Why so many people kind of go? Uh, For your eyes only is a pretty forgettable film. Mm. It's never on the top of anyone's list. It was on the top of your list. I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And you promised me that it was. Yep. Yeah. Google expectations, mm, expectations have not been met. Look. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Our locations. Yes. We have Greece, yep. which we don't see enough of. No, that's my thing. We you hear would, a lot about it. You would think yeah. that the, the reason why the music. this isn't kind of reaching the upper limits of a of a Bond epic for me is because it's not capitalising on all of these elements. Mm. It seems to be following the formula, but we're not spending enough time with those elements. And the locations probably miss out the most because you've got this opportunity to explore the Mediterranean. And for, for my money, in my mind, we only get one half-decent establishing shot. Through the market. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and that's pretty much it. So more establishing shots would have done it for you? Well, I think, I just think, I think they could have incorporated, region. you know, again, t- talking back to this, you know, use of cinematography of like actually framing your scenes to, you know, be a little bit more layered and detailed and obviously capturing the drama and the characters. But hello, incorporating the fact that you're in Greece. This is yeah, one of the yeah. most beautiful places in the world. And that the big part of these films is the travelogue aspect. That's right. We've, you're we've going to see... That. Fucking beautiful, beautiful locations, stunning locations. The establishing what shots we did get were nice. No, they were nice, but they weren't. I just don't feel like we explored any of these no. regions. Yeah. When we went to these places, we were like, "Why were we there?" We're on the bottom deck of a boat. Yeah, yeah. And even when we were underwater, it was like, "Oh, this could be fucking anywhere." Like yeah. this didn't feel like the the clear blue waters of the Mediterranean or the the deep green of the seas out that way. Like mm. it just felt like a murky coral reef. <laughs> like too much sand was being kicked up by the crew. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, not a not a magical travel log bond. Mm. Even though when you say. Greece, you think picturesque? Hey, mm. I don't know. You're being I'm, a bit too I'm hard. Quite, I think you're being a bit too hard on it. Right. I think you're being a bit too hard on it. I don't think so. I think there's a separation there between the story and the setting, but I don't think that they pay any more attention to. Uh, you know what I mean? Like they pay as much attention oh, to the I, settings as they do in other films, don't they? I, yeah, I think I think so. I mean, I think of just in the Man with the Golden Gun, mm. the way we utilize 
the surrounds of um, uh, uh, what's the country? It's Thailand. Not, Thailand. Mm, so I, I think all that was. I think all that was still happening. I just think it comes down to that that lack of focus in the sense that the audience isn't being told really where to look and when to look. Yeah. Well, so you're missing a lot of. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's true. But just in terms of where we're setting our scenes, mm. they are set in some of the blandest parts that they could be set. Mm. Given the there's, opportunities, there's no conversation. There's no conversation with Bond held looking out over the Mediterranean. There is a couple in the, in the daytime and oh. blah, blah, blah. do you know what I mean? Like where we get mm. to experience that location. Which is a big aspect of With these the films. Italian Alps behind him, you know, that, we get glimpses of it. And that casino was a den. <laughs> that looked like the shabbiest fucking casino mm. I've ever seen. Mm. Where that, are the velvet curtains and the chandeliers and the you know? Where... That wouldn't have been too far out of place out of the Russian roulette scene in Deer Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Diddy Mao. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather go to the locations in Deer Hunter than you I felt would. more travelogged in Deer Hunter. Absolutely. <laughs> that bloody log cabin they all go well, to. You're in the dirt, you're in the mud in Deer Take Hunter. Take me there. <laughs> the only part the only place that I think kind of got a bit of that travelogue was Cortina. Oh yeah. And that's where I started to go, oh 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 oh, we might have a Bond film here. Mm. Yeah. Which one was Cortina? Cortina's the, in the snow. The Italian Italy. Alps there. Oh, the, yeah. the, the chalets. And, the... and then even that gets lost in that silly ice skating rink fucking oh. scene. Like, cut oh, Yeah, that. with the dancing ice hockey players. We also didn't need him to go and see BB. Yeah, and we didn't need some choreographed hockey team beating him up. Yeah. Like, yeah. like oh. the Mighty Ducks. And who's sitting up yeah. on the scoreboard going... Up scored. What? Call the cops! <laughs> <laughs> There's an elderly man being assaulted on an ice rink. <laughs> my goodness. Oh, my God. Do you have a favourite location? It's Greece. It's Greece, because I remember after... after even that, in this film? Even in this film, okay. for sure, for sure. I think when we first have that beautiful kind of flyover of, of the bay, and then we go down and we meet... Um, what's her name? I can't even remember her name. Melina Havelock. Melina, Melina there in the in the black, and 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 Rogie there, and he's beautiful, kind of double-breasted. And then we go into the market. I think that was the first time I've gone. Oh wow! Look at where we are. Yeah, Greece. Yeah, mm. we're in Greece. Yeah, we're in Greece. We're in Greece. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's Cortina. Right. That's I, the only one that I go. Oh yeah, I'd like to go there. Mm. That looked interesting. Mm. I like the uh, the big rock at the end. Oh yeah, where's yeah. that? <gasps> wow, where do they go? It's a monastery on the top of a mountain. Why were they in monks' outfits? Oh yeah, that's silly. Yeah, like, like yeah, no one's gonna be like, excuse me, why are plain clothes to people walking up this hill? <laughs> <laughs> this is only for monks. <laughs> yeah, that's silly. That's but where is that? More land I think stuff. they're still in Greece at that point, right? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. That's the thing. It doesn't... It well, doesn't... you know what they could have done with... What's that? Think in Quantum of Solace where they get no, those really no, nice titles... I knew you were about to go that, into this. <laughs> titles that come up when we're in new countries. So and you know where we are. In different fonts every time. And you... Yeah. yeah it's really yeah. nice They work. could do that. They could have done that. Look, I will say this on the record. I'm not as big a hater of that as I think 
A lot of people are. What's right? that? The quantum those, titles. Those titles. Mm. But I don't think they're very good. They don't belong in a Bond film. Mm. Right. But you could do what they do in Casino Royale, where you do. It just pops up in the sm- in this little white font down on the side corner. Mm. I mean, if you really have to, if you can't factor it into the story clearly enough, do it on that little white thing and go, here we are, we're in Montenegro, or, you know, whatever. Mm. But uh, th- this film, I just... And look, maybe they do say it, but I wasn't listening. Yeah. Because I was zoned out. Yeah. And the film was exhaustingly boring. It felt long. It felt like a three-hour film. Mm. Especially because it felt like we were hitting our climax at one point. Multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just kept going. Yes. Yeah, there was one moment where I didn't say it out loud, but um, it was Bond walking into the confession room. Oh, yes. oh yeah, and yes. I went. Oh God, we still have so much more to go. <laughs> Why is that Q? Why? Is... Why did Q go out in the field? He's the quartermaster. Because the the audience is familiar oh, with him. So we don't even go into like because I thought that was going to lead into like another Q scene in the field. And Thank we, God it didn't. And we get monks again with you know all kinds of you know crazy gadgets, crucifixes oh. as blades or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But I'm just, sure they considered that. It's a deleted scene. Hundred percent, they considered a monastery that. Q yes. base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, he just pops up in a convention box and that's it. Yeah. Why is he there? To tell Bond something. Literally for the joke of, forgive me, Father, I have sinned. That's putting it mildly, 007. Oh, oh, it's Q and he knows who Bond is and we find that hilarious. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, it's Look, I'm having a little too much fun shitting on this. Are we so... making it as bad as it actually look, is? Look, it's though? not. Well, it's this not. is my thing. I think you boys are really on the, the bandwagon for beating this boy. Yeah, it's but easy to kick it while it's down. It's easy to kick it while look, it's down. I'm kicking it a little harder because, it's because I'm embarrassed. You feel yeah. betrayed. You because feel it's betrayed. not what I remember. It's not who I remember it mm. being. Mm. But that's your memory. That's not the film. So you should beat yourself up about that. That's right. Excuse me. That's your memory. I'll and your beat tastes. you up. I will beat you up right here. <gasps> <laughs> um, least favorite location or set. Um, I don't know. Now, I'm trying to think, if there was anything that really offended me as a place. I think. My least favourite moment in the film mm-hmm. is when uh, we have the underwater sequence with the two claw machines. Oh, that yeah. setting for me is just yeah, visually very boring. You mean the big white monster? No. Yeah, the tumorous blob. Oh, and, yeah. then and then the, little the, boy. the IT crowd coming in with the... <laughs> yes. Who is never established. No, that guy's where has he come from? Oh, you, see, so you see his face once. Yeah, but in the, his defense. Yeah, but when we but see his face, it's almost it's shot, it's shot in the way that it, we're meant to go. Oh, it's that guy. Oh, it's that oh, guy, it's that guy from here. what's he? That's a, I don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> who has the sub? Who has employed this man? He's just appeared. Out of How nowhere. does he get onto Bond in or, the first? Place? Yes, and also the reveal of Christados being the villain after that, where they get pulled up on the boat, and Christados is just there with German Blondie boy yes. Kriegler or whatever his name is. I was like, no, no, play with this more. 
Make us doubt that Columbo is telling the truth. Yes. Make us doubt that shit. The whole film should be Bond not knowing who to trust. Yeah. There's your moral. Who's There's he going to kill? Your thing. There's your thematic thrust in this where it's like, wait a minute, he's been doing this for so long. Does he know who he can trust? Yeah. Which I think the Craig films explore much better. Yeah. Much, much better. Because I think one of the best scenes is with Columbo and Bond and Columbo pours the drink and Bond doesn't take it. Mm. Oh, and the handing of the gun. And the handing over of the yes, gun. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Because it is all about trust and who do you who do you believe and but yeah. But even then that shouldn't be enough for Bond to be like, ah, ah good guy. Here's the good guy. Mm. It's like no 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 there you should still be an element so much here. There. Yeah. I, I agree. Mm. I think he shouldn't he shouldn't know which way is up. Yeah. And I think it would be way more interesting, particularly with Roger Moore's Bond, to see Roger Moore's Bond in a position where, because he's been know-it-all Bond for so long, mm. to have a film that kind of turns that all on his head, Stumps him and by it. the end of the film, he is like, oh, fuck. I'm going to question everything. You're just never going to get that with Roger. You're not no. going to get it, no. no. And never. you're not going to get it from a Bond film in, in this time period. They're just way too... They're playing it safe, playing it for... You know, Bond is unbeatable. Yeah. Bond is invincible. Yeah. Yeah. Least favourite location? I don't know. There's nothing really comes to mind. There's a few nice places, but I don't know. Nothing overly offends me. But again, that sort of speaks to the fact that nothing is overly exciting either, I think. Mm. (laughs) You know? It's like... Yeah. It's a very grey film. My memory of it is just grey. Really? Yeah. Could be the drink. Could be the drink. No, no, no. Just colour-wise, they like Thunderball feels like a vibrant blue. Yeah, no, I get quite a colourful feeling from this one. Do you see? I find this the most, the least visually interesting. I think Octopussy looks way better than this, and I do not like the um, the cinematography in in India. I don't like it at all. Mm. But this film just feels so stripped of life. It feels like it's. Dying. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like a slow decay. Yeah, it lasted lasted two more films thereafter. Mm. Yeah, but they kind of went, oh, look, this is ridiculous. Just colour and goofs. Spoofs and goofs. Make them laugh. Make them laugh. That feels like where they went. Like, Octopussy is just ridiculous. A View to a Kill is balls to the wall. Like, you want to see Bun get crazy? Let's get crazy! <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and that's where we're ending. And that's, that's where, where we're ending. We're ending. Yeah. Well, that's where we're ending the original saga. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I'm not coming back. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, After was, this, this. Yeah, he had a 20-film contract. And then <laughs> wasn't renewed. Um, vehicles and gadgets. We get the Lotus Esprit back. It's yeah, the Lotus, Lotus Esprit Esprit's. Turbo. Yeah, one in maroon and... Or burnt orangey brown and one in uh, yeah yeah creme 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 mm. it is a nice vehicle yeah. it's a good one you know I don't, don't like it in I, this I, I look don't at see it, it as go, a bond car what a shitty shape that thing is yeah I don't see it as a bond car I like the car itself. which is strange because funnily enough like I'm looking it's at the same shape Wet as, Nelly yeah. yeah Wet Nelly I wasn't a huge fan of the shape of Wet Nelly. Excuse me. That's what she's called. They called her Wet Nelly. So there's Little Nelly and Wet Nelly. Oh, gosh. Ah, yeah. Uh, 
but I prefer the Lotus Esprit in The Spy Who Loved Me. When I look at it in this, I'm like, oh, Dad. <laughs> like, you could have got any car. Why'd you get that one? Just because it's the most expensive. <laughs> like, that's what it's it feels like. Is Roger your dad in this yeah, scenario? There's no, well, there's no accounting for taste in this film. So, yes, he's he's become my father. <laughs> There's no. a lot of projecting. There's a bit no, of projecting. It's good. <laughs> I loved it. I loved the red one. I loved. I the liked red it. I it's like not it. red. Well, it's it not is, red. It is a bit red. It is a bit. No, red. It's, it's on the red spectrum. I love brown. Those, those big fat rear tires. Oh yeah, on yeah, it. yeah. It is on the red spectrum. You're right. It is. <laughs> of course it is. What are you talking about? I'm sorry, Jake. I'm just. I'm not angry at you. I'm. No, you're forgiven. That's I'm right. angry at the film. <laughs> Very. I'm sorry, nice. I took it out on you. Yeah, son. that's all right. That's all right. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. But uh, no, I liked it. I liked the. Do you like the white one or the red one? I more? prefer the red one because when I saw See, it, I prefer the red one too. But I wouldn't drive it. Oh no! This is coming from the guy that's going to drive the little girly BMW. Excuse me, the BMW Z3 is a mighty fine vehicle. <laughs> no, that's not a Bond car. That's not a Bond uh, car. No, and no. this is? Yeah, this yeah. is more Bond uh, than the Z3. Yeah, this is way more Bond. When I saw that red thing sitting in, I think Q's office or so, it was inside there at one point. I was like, I cannot wait. I God, I'd love to see him in that car. Yeah, and yeah. we did. We did see him in the car. We did. Yeah. Brandon's still looking shocked. around in shock. Look, the BMW Z3 it's for is a not wealthy the soccer mum. And what am I, Jake? <laughs> Someone who wants to be a wealthy soccer mum. Thank you. <laughs> you drive the car. You want to live. You, you drive. You drive the car for the life you want to live, not not the, the one you're that living. you're living. And you can live the, the life you're living, or you can love love uh, the, the wife one. you want. Right. <laughs> you don't have a car at the moment, do you? No. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. I used to have a Subaru Forester, and some people call that a soccer mum car. <laughs> yeah. No, that's an adventure car. That well, you can take that off road. Right, no, it's in the name. Yeah. Mm. Subaru Forester. <laughs> ah, Forester. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course. No, I loved it. Not an icon. Well, I don't know. Wet Nelly's clearly an iconic Bond car, and ipso facto, uh, you know. this isn't necessarily an iconic one because it doesn't really do anything. It just drives. Just drives. It doesn't have any whiz bang gadgets. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Any gadgets? Uh, the phone at the end that Maggie Thatcher. Oh God! Oh, no. Out of we'll kitchen that. cupboard. We'll get to that. We'll get to no, that. No, you slapped me on the leg, Darby, and you said, "Oh, gadgets!" Gadgets. Because the bikes have guns on them. That's right. The the spiky wheel. <laughs> Look, I don't care that there's not gadgets in this. That's the least of my concern. Well, very true. I think if there was too many gadgets, this would it would be a. They really got rid of the gadgets. Point off. It was yeah, back. Yeah. The Q scene was literally just for that amazing <clears throat> computer. Yeah. Oh, with the the three D de- face the ID. ID. The 3D yeah. face thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, God, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's not a banana Q. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I knew what kind of film we were in by then. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but even when Bond is doing his stalking, it's just binoculars. It's not some weird cigarette case holder yeah. that turns into binoculars. It's Which is the stuff I remember, and it's the stuff that I loved. <clears throat> and I wonder if it's because I usually watch these films in sequence. Mm. That if in the run-up, after Moonraker... Watching how that gets increasingly bigger and bigger and bigger and sillier and sillier and sillier, mm. that we then get this. I wonder if it's a nice palate cleanser. It's like it's that little bit of uh, it's the smell of the coffee beans in mm. between 
the lovely perfumes that the that you're smelling on the little tester card. What are you that on sounds about? Sounds a bit elitist to me. Elitist? What are you talking about? Comparing bonds to smelling perfume cards? Yeah, this is a palate cleanser. This is the coffee between the perfume cards. Yes. You want to stick with this analogy? Yes. Mm. All right. Mm. I think that makes so, sense. So, if it does. All right. All right. Yeah. What perfume would this film be then? No, it's coffee beans. Uh, listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> I have to double down and explain everything 15 times for you, Jake. He switches off. He switches off. Right, 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 right. This is the palate cleanser. The coffee beans. The coffee beans. It's the coffee... Yes. Coffee beans act as a palate cleanser. Don't pretend that the two of you have not done this. You two look after yourself way more than I do. (laughs) And if I know about this, then you bloody know about it. Well, I've definitely sampled some good cologne's in my time, but I don't know if I've sniffed any coffee beans Yes, I yeah. believe it's pronounced right, 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 right. like lasagna. I don't know if I've ever been on like a kind of a sample table, a sample of, table of perfume. No, no, they just go oh, here. Here's yeah, a they spread. No, no, thank you, then, strange man. Don't touch me. So please, sir. Please, I need please. Fam- family to feed. Okay. I need a family to feed. I need this commission. By but this. it's a free handout. By and this. then when they go, oh, now if you tr- want to try another one, they give you the coffee beans to smell because it kind of gets rid of the smell of the old. Thing. Right. Okay, it's like having a sip of water in between, you know, the two cans of Mother that you or Monster Energy drink. Red Bull. Is that working class enough? Is that of the poor man? <laughs> yeah, a little Is bit. Is that populist enough for you? Oh, hey? So you're, you're saying about. that this film. Yeah. Is a palate cleanser for Roger Moore. I think it's a palate cleanser for the series, particularly chronologically speaking. Okay. Watching them in the order that we've watched them, I think, is a better way to judge whether or not they're good films or not. Mm-hmm. But if you watch them from Doctor No to Die Another Day, yeah. you kind of get that... I see what you I mean. I think you get the peaks and troughs of, this, of the series mm-hmm. experience. Whereas the way we're watching them, you're just judging them as... Films within a franchise, yeah, rather yeah, than, yeah. Uh, but then it, it's strange because we go from ridiculous Moonraker to run-of-the-mill kind of boring beige this, mm-hmm. and then ridiculous Octopussy, yeah, silly Octopussy. Same director too, same writers as well. It's strange. Oh, it doesn't make so any what sense. were they thinking? Yeah, <laughs> see, this is the thing, and we've talked about it multiple times. It's like the inconsistency, even though. In this particular example, with this film and Octopussy, it's pretty much the same team of people. Well, I think what they were thinking was, this makes us millions of dollars. Let's keep doing it. Because <laughs> yeah. these were <clears throat> insanely popular mm. in the day. Mm. Um, because they seem to have, like you mentioned in the um, preconceived notions, that they had steered the franchise... To a wider audience, to include families and children, and you know, the merchandising oh, with Jaws and things like that. So. Certainly, much so. a long way away from where they took the Craigs, or the Conneries, even. Yeah, I mean, the Conneries, as silly as they could kind of get towards the end, there they were still adult, adult films. films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, even on not, the posters, not not adult films. No, 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 no. But, like, even on one of the posters, I think it was Thunderball. It said, not suitable for children or something right. like that. Mm. Um, Very different to what they were doing from a marketing perspective here. Oh, yeah. These are these are made for toys. Yeah. This is... I mean, this film, less so. I can't imagine this being popular with kids. Mm. They'd be bored to tears. Yes. 
So maybe they redirected and went, look, Jaws was very successful. We need to sell Moon some octopuses. We need some more. Yeah. Some, Let's get some octopus some merch. Yeah. What was the merch from Octopussy? Oh, the crocodile. <laughs> God. <laughs> Tennis rackets. <laughs> Fabergé eggs. <laughs> Bond Easter merchandise. <laughs> yeah. Our Bond women. Uh, sent me to Sleepy Town. Oh, pretty yeah, bad. They're, they're, yeah. I clocked off really early because when... When she looked us down the barrel of the camera? <laughs> when she looked you straight in your eyes and you saw that her eyes were dead and cold? And <laughs> I don't remember that. that yeah, that really you, interesting you went, choice. That's a choice. That's a choice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Barreled the camera after her parents oh, were killed. Oh, yeah, very big choice. Yeah. Why is John Glenn doing that? What's going on <laughs> Why did he say... Now look into the... Darling, 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 darling. Look into the camera, please. <laughs> please look right into the camera. And hold it. He did that twice in this hold film. Hold it and, and, like, think about your parents being dead, but it's not that big a deal. <laughs> <laughs> because Mr. Thatcher did the same thing at the end of the film. Oh, Mr. Bloody Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, she was god-awful, and I clocked off when she didn't even bat an eyelid when a bullet landed in the speedometer of the car that she was driving. Yeah, yeah, that you confused know, like, the hell out of me. Like, you're, you're getting being shot you're at. being shot at multiple times, mm. and you, you might as well be half asleep. She was previously considered for a uh, for another role in the Bond franchise. Was Can it a guess corpse? what it was? It was a corpse. <laughs> <laughs> Close. <laughs> in the Bond franchise? In the Bond franchise, yep. Previously considered for a Moonraker role. Moonraker girl. Dr. Goodhead, that's right. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, she auditioned for that. Peas in a pod. Peas in yeah. a pod. Say yeah, Lois they are. And Cut her. from the same cloth. Same bloody lifeless monotone, cloth. lifeless. Yep. Send it back. Like a dead horse. No, no really use bad. flogging it. Really bad. She did look quite glamorous in certain shots, particularly, I mean. Uh, Get, getting off the boat in Greece. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That was stunning. Yeah. But. No, as soon as she had to speak or perform or show any kind of, you know, any, she simply didn't any signs of life. <laughs> she, uh, no, I simply won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, not for me. Yeah, she's dubbed too. Yeah, again, clearly, again. Yeah, I thought right. they would have stopped by now. And that yeah, dubbing, reckon? the dubbing is is more lifeless than what she's doing on screen. Yeah. Wow. Use Dubbed's the again. audio. Yes, yes. I when don't did they understand. stop dubbing? No idea. But I'm fairly sure that in the French version, she dubs herself. herself oh, wow. Because she's a French actress. Were they dubbing in films like Alien? No. Like, no. What's no. going no, on? No, they weren't. No, it doesn't make sense. This is only 14 years before GoldenEye comes out. Yep. 14 years. How yep. far away are we from Casino, Casino Royale? Royale? Oh, my God, yes. we're four, Yeah, we're 14 years from that. Like... What's going on? Whoa, whoa, that just made my little brain hurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We are the Casino same, Royale was a long time ago. We are the same distance from Casino Royale as, as For Your Eyes Only, is from Goldeneye. Goldeneye. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And they're still dubbing. Still. And it shows. And it dates it bad. Really badly. Really, really badly. Come on, guys. Ooh. And then BB, take her out the 
back and put a bullet in it. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Time to get the BB gun out yeah. of the BB. Stupid idea. Oh. Yeah. Why should okay. that? When I was watching her character, all yep. I was thinking of was Tara Reid and The Big Lebowski. And then considering that performance and that character going, ah, what a good movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, she reminded me of Tara Reid's kind of similar... Yeah, which is funny because Tara Reid is widely considered to be the low point of that film. Yeah, exactly. And then to think, but then to go, oh, but she's way better than Doing this, this kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. like it makes that go, hang on a minute. No, no, no. Tara Reid's actually all right in that. She's pretty good in Because yeah. this... This is a bad Lynn, version of what Poor Lynn Holly Johnson. Yeah. I know. That's rough. They just gave her... It's like they told her, be wide-eyed and be like a, a three-year-old. But she's you, just. But you want to have sex with your grandpa? Just this over-sexualized <laughs> nymph. Like yeah. it doesn't come across well. No, yeah, it's really no, weird. it's 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 fucking gross and totally unnecessary. And she's there to be a joke. Like that's very clear that she's meant to be. It's meant to be like. <laughs> yeah, old men are supposed yeah. to find that funny. Yeah, that's yes. who the audience yeah, is. Like, oh, yeah. well, wouldn't you love it if a young woman wanted you and you? Were, no, you but know, I could. But of course you couldn't. To be because a, no, I can't get an yeah. erection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's not. It's not a good moment. No. no Whenever she's on. No, poor thing. Don't need it. I thought shrill. I hate Very. using that word. Yeah, but the performance that's, by that's her. the first time I've watched a film and gone, oh my God, take it down. Like, put a voice mod on that mm. because that's... Whales will understand <laughs> that. That's really high-pitched and it's screechy. Underrated little performance from her mentor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Pretty steady stuff. Yeah. Kind of like part of a, a suggestion of a grander plot just via her performance. Yeah. Yes. There or was a, grand, a grander the, world to her. She brought a life to She brought a life to the, life yeah, to the mentor, the protector of this girl. Baggage yeah, and history. Yeah. And, mm. Mm. There's a lot going on there. Which is another film that I'd love to see. Yeah. I'd love to see the film where she puts her life on the line to save the mentor from the villain mm. you know what I mean but instead you're kind of like why are you here yeah your character doesn't need to be here no it's another paycheck that didn't need to be put on the on the bill no mm. you said that there's a particular oh it's a very very sad story about her she was married to um, uh, the playwright George Osborne who wrote oh, yes. Look Back in Anger yes it was his fourth marriage I don't know about her could have been the first could have been whatever just doesn't feel really like matter. I get it right with the fourth one he was ridiculously abusive. Not a, not a pleasant man to be with. Four marriages, go figure. Um, she was really tormented by it. She ended up taking her life in about ten years after this. Ooh. Oh, that's awful. Horrible. Really, really horrible. Um, and apparently it was because of the constant abuse. That's shocking. Tragic. Another tragic story in this is um, Cassandra Harris, yes. who plays the Countess von Liesel von Gordenfeiden. <laughs> Miss Brosnan. Ms. Brosnan, mm. yeah, Mrs. Brosnan at the time. Mm. Or Mr. Harris, should I say. Um, quite a few years his senior. Big time. Yeah, he was in it for some money. Well, I don't. Or connections. I, I don't, That's a preconceived notion. Yeah, he wanted Bond. He judgment. wanted Bond. No, no, he didn't. No, they were married before that. He, he was working his way. No, he he tr- truly, truly loved her. Um, Blofeld. Man. I think she's pretty good in this film. Oh, gets one of the best sequences. Yeah, yeah. I actually think she's quite good in this. Um, again, tragic story. She died of ovarian cancer uh, roughly ten years after this. 
and um, before she even got to see Pierce's before yeah yeah wow. yeah she died before she, well she was alive when he was signed on to do The Living Daylights uh-huh. oh. so her only no, I might cut this but um, her only experience of, of him and Bond was that it got away mm. she was in it and the thing that he wanted more than anything he never got he never it got. got pulled under the rug from him but she died of ovarian cancer and unfortunately so did their daughter <gasps> whoa no yeah roughly yeah not too long after oh that's yeah cool. it's really really horrible Pierce Brosnan has had if you look into it Pierce yeah, Brosnan no has idea. not had a he's had a good life yeah but it's but been tem- it's been tempered tragedy. by tragedy yeah yeah, yeah. Which I think can be said of a lot of people, but um, mm. but but the Countess, I think she's probably of the three Bond women. She's the, the best. best. She's the best. Yep. She's the one. And gets her the death best scene's scene. fantastic. Ooh, very good. Oh, very man. Tracy in a way. Oh yeah, that, that's brutal how she hits the oh, windscreen. Oh my god, there. is that mm. a stunt performer? Because that's a that's a yes. head going into a winds- yeah. windscreen. That was savage. Pretty bloody good. Very authentic. Very Great good. editing through that sequence too. Yeah. Bit too much uh, overcrank. Uh, in a couple of moments but the Bond films are pretty bloody guilty of that mm. um, our MI6 regulars we are there's one notable absence mm. yeah. in this film and I do uh, think that the film lacks for not having him I yes. think so as well to you kind of realise how important he is when he's gone absolutely yeah. especially mm. with the with the bloody uh, nutcase they put in place yeah it. the guy playing Bill Tanner Glory oh, Hog yeah. come on yeah but it's, it's not your film buddy he reminds me of the of Edward Fox who plays M in um, Never Say Never Again right same attitude same kind of I don't know it's kind of weird watching a man who's clearly younger than Bond yeah talk down to Bond yeah that got me a bit it's a bit like uh, hang on a minute I know that you outrank him I don't want this to be read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of like, you're new to this, buddy. Mm. Like, But he's also meant to be Bill Tanner, who is Bond's only friend yeah. in the whole bloody organisation. In the Fleming novels, so go easy, Bill so. Tanner and Bond play golf. They have dinner together. He's the only person outside of M that Bond trusts in there. Mm. I mean, he trusts Money Penny, but the relationship is not the same in the novels. Mm. Um just fucking weird yeah it's good to have Freddie Gray though the Minister of Defence yes he kind of filled in the M role for me more than anything yes. having him in previous films sort of helped you know that sort of status and history I was like oh, I actually said thank god he's here yeah do you think they dealt with it well the absence of M I think so they say that he's on leave I guess you can't what really can have it and say M's dead yeah. 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 Sorry, he's not in, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the actor but, who plays him passed away. Oh. Oh, right. Yeah, I don't know if, I mean, if they drew attention to the fact that if they had blurred reality and fiction, then I don't know if that would be more disrespectful or not. Mm. Or if you go so far as to have a funeral for M, or, you know, you it's really acknowledge it, I think that's a bit much. Yeah. And kind of building this false sort of story around the fact that he's on leave but then it's just sad that he doesn't get an official exit well yeah I mean it would be interesting if the grave he visited at the start was Was Miles Messervy wow Mm. that's an interesting way of doing it it's an acknowledgement it's an acknowledgement of him Um, 
thematically still makes sense. And I know why they have Blofeld at the start. It's to put a big finger up to, to But that's not why it's something in a movie. It's that I know, poor it's, judgment. It's don't just, bring your, it's don't so bring your petty. Your politics yeah. and squabbles into your films. It's very mm. petty. It's, it's very poorly, very poorly judged, mm. in my opinion. In my opinion. Mm. Um, Money Penny. Nah. A bit meh. Fine. Really, I mean, if Roger is showing his age, yeah, Lois Maxwell is definitely showing her age in this. And I was pissed off at how they shot her in Moonraker. Yes, very far away and no stuff. close up or anything. But the way they costume her in this is she like, felt like a nana. Oh, they yeah, they dressed her up like a nana. She had a cardigan on and everything. I was like, come on, guys. She's she's an elegant woman. She is a regardless very bloody of her age. elegant woman. Yeah, and she's got the charisma like no one else. Because even in the little scene that she gets, as soon as she smiles, like, oh, Lois, yeah. come on. And she's got that great little line, oh, money, penny, a feast for my eyes. Well, what about the rest of you? Mm. Like, that's a good little, you know, that's See? a nice little bit of repartee. Mm. I wonder if it was in the script originally, if it was different. Because Bernard Lee died, I think, around January of 1981 while they were still shooting so they were in the middle of shooting but they hadn't shot the M scenes yet and I wonder if maybe Money Penny had more of a thing that was interrupted by M which they will want to do mm. but I do find that from about Moonraker on even The Spy Who Loved Me on the way they treat Lois Maxwell's character is a bit like hey, hey in the corner thank you very much yeah, See she's ya. kind of See Connery's ya. girl and then hung on. Yeah, and then mm. they go, oh, she's looking a bit old. Yeah. And instead of being like, like, embrace that, she's getting old, that's what people do. Mm-hmm. They just go, no, 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 in the corner, in the corner, in the corner. We're not going to fire her because it'll be weird and it's going to be hard to find someone. Yeah, we got more. <laughs> but so they just, they do her dirty, yeah. as the kids say. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Dirty is, devils. Is License to Kill... Not licensed to kill nothing. A view to a kill her last one. Sure is. And she's actually in that quite a bit. Huh. Right. So is Q. So is Q. So is M. Right, the regulars play a Yeah, they play part. they've got a couple of good scenes actually in A View to a Kill. Alright. Hmm. Hmm. Speaking of the last man, Q played by Desmond Lelewellen. Starts to become a bit of a joke here. I feel. Yeah. Mm. Not necessary at all. Not necessary. Mm, no, wasn't grabbing us. I mean, what's his first scene back in London? Identograph. Point, point exactly. Mm. Yes, yeah, mm. yeah, you don't remember. You mm. don't remember. And then his shoe the identity priest yeah, thing yeah. is like, why Why are you here? No, he shouldn't be there. Shouldn't shoehorn Q in. No, we've, we've been through that. We've we know it doesn't that. work. Yeah. yeah. It must have worked, though, back in the day. Must have been very popular. Yeah, people would have been like, Yeah, 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 fucking yours! (laughs) No thanks. I'm good. It's 2020 here, we're good. Yeah, yeah. He's got to be there for a reason. Yeah, he does. Uh, This is John Glenn's debut. 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 What do you think? He got his birds in there. He got his birds in no, there. Right, Look, no. we've got more to come from John, and I think, as I said, he rises. One to, more, yeah, one more. Yeah, but in terms of his sort of tenure, yeah, he's got. He's a shaky director. I got to say, he's a shaky Bond director. Great sure Bond is. editor, doesn't have a great tenure, but he directed *The Living Daylights*. That's strangely a, a 
quite a few misfires in the edit for this film, which I thought yeah, was interesting. Absolutely. Maybe he was having John problems. Grover, I think the editor's name is. Yeah, John Grover. Right, a few little jump cuts and band-aid moments. Almost like the film was missing frames. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, there when must the... have been a problem in the transporting of the film. Yeah, mm. the pitons coming out of the the wall. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden. And, the way... like, <laughs> and then yeah. instead of them showing it, kind of easing its way out, I think they might have thought, oh, let's just remove a couple of frames so it looks like it's jumping out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, well, it's not having the effect you think, guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the thing about Glenn that I think what strikes me about him is he doesn't really know how to, surprisingly for an editor, keep yeah. the overall pace intact. It's a little bit jumbled in this, a little bit uneven, mostly slow. Would you agree it's, it's in those character dialogue scenes? It things? seems to be, yeah. yeah. seems to be. He can edit his way through a scene like no one else and figure out how to move through a scene, but in terms of placing those thematic ideas behind characters and actually yeah. having a bigger life behind the choices I don't so know your first film being a fucking 28 million dollar picture in 1981 crazy that's I don't know man that's a big gamble that's a mm. lot of pressure how none old of, was he? none of the other Bond directors are first time directors yeah how old was he would he be in his 40s he'd be at least 40 yeah mm. he'd be at least 40 because he's about 80 now He's in his 70s now. Wow. So maybe even in his 30s. Mm. Gee. That's a... Uh, I'd be packing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so That's a lot much pressure. pressure. That's too much pressure. That's Imagine crazy. someone coming up to you and going, all right, the next Marvel film. It's yours. Uh, yeah, basically. You're in a year. <laughs> <laughs> and go. Go, go, go. Yeah. You're already behind. <laughs> You should have five minutes in the can now. It's been 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. How, how did you find his use of perspective? Because that was one thing I remember you getting very excited about in the living daylight. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Even in License to Kill. Even in License to Kill. Didn't stand out to me, but maybe that uh, that's a bit of credence to that idea that he was just waiting for the right bond. Because there's this general idea that's sort of come up that I'm picking up on with this film is this mm. lack of focus. Yeah. And I'm wondering how much of that is coming from the use of the camera. I don't, I, yeah, I, I think I can't. I couldn't tell you. I can't begin to unpack where this film is going mm. wrong. wrong. Mm. Yeah, I know mm. what you mean. Well, I, I I doubt very much it hinges on one no one person or one role or or, or one element. I think mm. there's a lot of things that everyone seems to be speaking a slight different language or there's a bit of confusion there or there's a bit of weariness setting in there's also just... too many first timers mm. that, that's a big thing that I feel with this there's right. too many first timers there's it's a you know Alan Hume has not been a cinematographer on the Bond films to this point John Glenn hadn't directed one uh, who else have we got Bill Conti that's a new, for, new so there's proposal. no there's no like continuity yeah there's no continuity in in, in feel mm. this this because when Barry comes back he does lend a lot of kind of uh, credence I guess to or, or uh, 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 prestige or esteem to Octopussy he does save quite a few moments in Octopussy because some of the score in it is is quite nice mm. But I also think Glenn is way more assured in Octopussy. Yeah. Even though it's a fucking bonkers film. <laughs> mm. It's still got more Bondian elements Feels to it. Feels more like a Bond film. Yeah, mm. they get more to the, like... I don't know. The Soviet set and stuff like that. Yeah, There's just the so much ripped out from this that is like... 
Wait, is this a Bond film? What mm. is what is this? Mm. Is this here? film a victim of the sort of inevitable uh, milestone that would have to happen when all of the original team are getting on and have either passed or retired and now we're at the point where the new guard have to come in and lift and all of a sudden there's not there's no new guard aside from John that's sort of come up under Peter Hunt. Uh, as, as a second unit, you know, the previous films we've relied on this team of regulars, mm. and and this film because it doesn't really have too much of a connection to all of those old guys. Yeah, it feels just like we needed to. It's have, lost. Feels like we needed to be shoved into the Dalton era. You know, I see these films as Connery, Lazenby, and more, and they're one kind of. They are made by a particular team of people, mm. and then the Daltons. And the Brosnans feel like a different team of people. Mm. You know, I don't know if they actually are, oh. if they if they aren't. But there's almost a shift there. I know what you mean. See, yeah. but I see it as Connery, Lazenby, mm. and then I see Moore and Dalton as that same team. Team, weirdly, even though it is not in this. Mm. You feel they speak to each other. Uh, yeah, a, a tiny bit more. Is that because mm. of John? Do you think, as kind of the leader? I don't know. I think it's Barry as well. Right. It would probably be a lot to do with Mr. Glenn. Yeah, and the stunt teams as well are the mm. same. But they seem to be... It's it's a different approach to Bond. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I, when you said that, I was like, yeah, Dalton and Brosnan do... They do share a lot of similarities. Mm. But the Brosnan version after GoldenEye is a bit of the low... Is a bit they lose lower the romance range. and embrace the rock in a weird yeah, way. Yeah, they become just horribly, poorly put-together action films. Yeah, yeah. Not Bond films. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean, actually. But there could be something to that. Who knows? Mm. Who bloody oh, knows? knows? Our favourite outfit of the week. Uh, Brandon, you said it. I've got to second it. Um, not in the podcast, Darby. He said it in the screening. Just well, to clarify geez, that for the listeners. I'm taking a sip of my martini. I don't have any oh, intentions. We're enjoying a nice Vespa Come martini. Come on, Jay. Well, you have to jump on our Taking my, this back. opportunity to have a sip. Well, let you talk. Let you have one. your moment. Have another one so I can you get a word in. You bloody walk over me. Oh, it's ridiculous. Now, Jake, you're a dirty devil and I'm not going to hear a word <laughs> against you. Do you want to insult it? me some more? <laughs> or can I take a sip of my drink Please, comfortably? drink away. Drink away. I don't have an insult coming that I need to parry. No, you don't have to defend. No. You said it, Brennan. It was uh, Roger Moore's outfit I when he arrives thing. in Greece. The beautiful. I'm sorry, when did I say that? You said that during the screening. Oh, is it you on don't the record? Yeah, you don't have any audio oh, proof on, for that. This is what I... Look, my favourite outfit <laughs> is when he gets into Greece and he's wearing a navy double no. vest. <laughs> when he first arrives in Greece. Yeah, and he's got the nice tan And pants. she's wearing the black. Oh, oh yeah, baby. Ooh, very stylish. That's very exactly stylish. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Excuse me? Least favourite outfit for me, because Jake's opinion doesn't matter, would be ski suit bond. Worst outfit would be the white blob. The white blob. Oh, the tumour suit. The tumour suit. <laughs> under. That's not an outfit. What's wrong with... What? Where is this podcast going, guys? It's <laughs> an outfit. Yeah. Where is it? It's That's a, a mech suit. It's a, yeah, it's a suit. Yeah, suit. It's an outfit. <sighs> Might be software record, but it's still God. a suit. All is right. that right, Jake? It's a software That's more a gadget than an outfit. Or you call it a gadget. I'm not going to condone any further this, this nonsensical word that's been created over the course of this podcast. But it is bad. Do you spit in all your allies' faces? <laughs> no, just his most important allies. 
I put a hand out for you then. <laughs> I was helping you up on the ledge. And you bite the hand that, that feeds, feeds you no, to the ledge? No, no, that was a trap because you said, Oh, is that software called Jake? That's not an ally voice. I think I'm done with this podcast. <laughs> oh, we're not even going to get you for the ratings. <laughs> Fine. Oh, Fine. Quick. Fine. I thought he was going to go. Day to player of the week. Yes. Oh. Uh, for me, it's the casino boy with the, the bung eye. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Quasimodo. Yep. yep. Wow. <laughs> That's probably no more offensive than what I just said, is it? <laughs> so Less offensive. I was pretty insensitive. That yeah, was yeah, wrong. Yeah. He's, he doesn't say a word, but... Uh, mm. Oh, no. Does he say a word? Yeah, his wife. Something about his wife. Yeah, he says something to count the countess or something. Mm. But he was the only person that made me sit upright. Really? Yeah. Um, I'm going to put a nomination for the the bricky, the bricklayer climbing the ladder in the village when the cars <laughs> zoom through, and he almost gets knocked off. But I feel his stunt isn't given any justice because we don't see his ladder fall and him fall on the ground. You like broad he, comedy, huh? Yeah, he likes the simple <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was checking in with the world. Yeah, I don't have one. I think I don't have a day player. Maybe, maybe Who would you vote old, for out of the two of us? Uh, neither. I'd vote for the wino that well, makes then you his do third have... appearance. Oh, no, oh, no we it don't can't be Victor Turnier. <laughs> it can't be him. My Why? day player of the week. No, because he's a recurring he's character. That's like saying money pennies your favourite. Yeah, no. He's no. a part of the, the furniture. I've got a day player. Oh, yeah? Margaret Thatcher. Oh, oh, we didn't talk about her. <laughs> yeah, look, it's Maggie. We should have talked about her in the Bond Why Girls segment. Because Maggie Thatcher's a Bond Girl. <laughs> a Bond Why girl. is that in this film? Why? Fucking no. Sign of the times. Yeah, and it, there's a bit of it that feels a bit like, hmm, woman prime minister. Mm, let's make fun of it. Yeah, they definitely... Because it's like, oh, oh, Mr. Bond. She was actually in office when they released. Oh, yeah, she was in office. She would not have liked that one iota. Well, maybe she would have. Maybe. I think she had a very good sense of humour about herself. Right. um, From what I've read. Um, What about... (laughs) What about Dennis? Dennis. Dennis can jump. (laughs) Dennis, I thought, was a Little Britain character. That was so, so broad. Oh. So broad. Like, the Maggie Thatcher was still... He walks in technically and looks Maggie at the Thatcher. camera and tries to... <laughs> if, he was audi- if he was audible, it would be... <laughs> <laughs> that was the noise coming out of him, that doofus. Yeah. It was a carry-on film. Oh, that it was carry-on spying. That was it so... James Bond. Ridiculous. Where's your martini? Oh, it's in your hand. Oh. Yeah, he's still drinking his Brandon. Not. How... I've got less. Uh, about the same. About the same. Right. Jake. The same. How about he's and up? it's been an hour and forty minutes. We're nursing these things. Jesus oh. Christ! Oh. I wouldn't know. Well, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You don't drink. You don't smoke. What do you do? What do you do? You suffer in you and You know that song? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Don't Had drink, don't end. smoke. Yeah. What do you do? We you spoke drink, about this yeah. in the last episode. Yeah. Both of those references. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just keeping continuity for our yeah. viewers, our listeners. Oh, yeah. Well, right. What's your rating, Jake? Yeah, what's your rating? Are you going to do this to me? Big eloquent summary. You're going to let me start yeah, this thing. Do, right? you, do, do your do little you speech. We'll wheel back on our chairs. Yes. <laughs> we'll sit back, get comfortable. <laughs> comfy. Don't knock anything. Uh, make noises. Um, 
Look. Um, oh, that's inspiring. <laughs> look, look. Look. This, for me, yeah. as I said, is not Roger's worst, but it's not his best. He is getting a bit on, and there's a part of me that thinks he probably should have wrapped things up right now, and I think the team should have shown some guts and started again after this. I think it was time for a new one. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Bond girl was lacking. It did really feel like the team was asleep. Um... I don't know. I don't. I, I feel like we have been a little bit hard on it, or I feel like I've been a little bit hard on it. I did enjoy it, and there were times where I was, where I was swept away. And I think the stunts, a lot of the stunts here, and I don't know whether we really did talk about it, but maybe we mentioned it a couple of times. But Rick Sylvester climbing that fucking bloody cliff. Oh, that's that's the best. It's the highlight of the film. It's it's incredible. It's incredible. If you show someone that scene out of context, they go, "I want to watch that film." Yeah, because that's a damn damn well done thing yeah yes <laughs> it's a damn good damn job and yeah. I think because uh, the question that I always have to ask myself is was I thrilled where am I yeah. who am I with <laughs> yeah where is my carer <laughs> uh, no respect no respect is was I thrilled? <laughs> you two were supposed to let me talk. You I tried. I tried. <laughs> was I thrilled? And look, there were moments where I was. Hmm. Yep. Few we're far looking, Jake. Yeah. So for that reason, and look, I think it's better than Octopussy. <laughs> so I'm gonna say, yeah, it's a shake and six. Oh, okay, shake and six, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we got go. there. We got there. <laughs> Me? Yeah, go on. Oh well. Thank you, Darby Brennan. Your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm suffering some more fatigue. I do feel that that we have judged this film a little harshly. Mm. I think if we were watching it in canon, it should be a little higher up the list. Yes. I think that it's an inoffensive Bond film, and, and I like it for that. I like that it tried to do the basics well. Unfortunately, a few things derail it for me. Um, one of them is my more fatigue. I, I just have seen it all from him at this point. He's just not compelling. He's, he's not, not compelling. dynamic enough he's... to do this many Bond films. No, he's not. And the film is screen. I don't know if it's this film or it's... How many more films have we seen now? It's six. Or the fact that we're up to number six. I don't know if it's this film or the sixth film that I've watched with more, but I'm done. I don't want any. Well, it's funny because to compare it, Connery only did six. Yeah. Um, did you feel the same level of fatigue with Connery? No. No, because we watched it last week. Well, and I, it was Thunderball. If it had been uh, Diamonds of Forever, possibly. Maybe, maybe yeah. yeah. Um, the score really undoes a lot of good work oh, in this yeah. movie. Oh, yeah, shit does it. Yeah. Uh, I think John Glenn is doing a pretty good job, and he's let down by the music. Yes. And, and this sort of, yeah, just this lack of sharpness, this lack of an edge to this film that I think is definitely distinct no matter which order you watch it in. There's a definite edge lacking. Am I shaken or am I stirred? That's my big thing. Mm, I, big question. It's, it's a big question. I think had I watched this film under different circumstances, I'd be shaken. 
but I can't lie to myself. I'm stirred. <gasps> I am stirred by this. It's a stirred five from me. Ooh, yeah, you boys have put me in a tricky spot. Because going into this, I thought this was going to be anywhere between an eight and a ten. That's what I said to you. You did. Yeah. In fact, I was leaning on whether or not this would be a nine or a ten. Mm. Wow. Gosh. Going into it. I was looking forward to it. I woke up this morning full of vim and vigor. <laughs> we and did. Then, we got a message in our group chat at... 10.22, it's a very exciting day, boys. Yes, very exciting. Mm. And look where we are. Yeah, look where we are. Look, like they say, a bad Bond film is... It's, it's the sex and pizza thing that everyone talks about. Even when it's bad, it's still... It's good enough. Mm. I must say, this was very boring for me today. And I want to give it, um, I want to give it a shaken six, purely because of the memories and the good times, <laughs> and I want to give it a, I want to give it a chance at life. So you're giving it a shaken six? I can't. It's oh, a, he wants to, but he won't. It is lacking so much energy that when I think is a film shaken. It's the kind of film where I go, does it excite me mm. to the point of, fuck it, let's put it on? Mm. Which I think Diamonds does. And what did I rate Diamonds? I rated Diamonds like a five. Yeah, five. See, I think, having watched all of these now, I think I'd put Diamonds on before I put For Your Eyes Only on again. Mm. There's Even though it's stupid and camp, and by the end of it, it falls to its knees, there's Coffee. still an energy to it where it is it's like let's have fun at least this one doesn't seem concerned with that and so I think it's a stirred five there you have it wow and we don't have a hat draw we know exactly where we're going oh I'm so disappointed we're returning to more boys I'm going to need so many Vespers to get me through this (laughs) maybe maybe not you thought you were fatigued now oh that's (laughs) Maybe not. We are going Sleep to watch. Sleep now. We are going to watch. Sorry, let me just. F- let, I'll let you say it now. Oh, Go. yep. Yeah. We are going to watch <laughs> the. Thank you. Um, the final film in the original saga. I cannot uh, believe we're here. 1985's *A View to a Kill*, starring Roger Moore, Grace Jones, Tanya Roberts, and Christopher, Christopher Walken. Walken. <laughs> yeah. Um, look. Who knows? Who, Who knows? knows? Is it going to be another die another day? Or will it be a secret surprise a la you only live twice? Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Mm. It's going to be a lot of fun either way. It will be. It will be. We're getting to the end now. Do we need to talk about what's happening thereafter? Or do well, we save that? Afterwards, we're jumping into the Craig side. Yes. And we'll watch them from Casino Royale through to Spectre. Mm. Unfortunately, No Time to Die is not out. We had planned for it to be out. So we would do our review for it. That's going to have to come at the end of the year. Yes. But fear not, we've got plenty of ideas and content to keep us going, you know, for, for 153 years. <laughs> at least. That's how, how long it's... That's we've calculated it. So much we've mapped out. Years. Our grandchildren will be doing this. Yes. yes. They have no choice. They have no choice. It's in the contract. Mm. Well, gentlemen, and to everyone listening, we will join you next time for 1985's... A view to a kill.